And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is Sunday, June 13th, show 155 of the Weighing In Podcast. We are coming to you live after a entire week of fantastic fights. Well, some were fantastic, some really sucked. But we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the PFL, Bellator, and the UFC. What occurred? There's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. That's why we're here is to talk about all the stuff. So what's up, my man, Joshua Thompson? What is going on? You are still you the only drove... man to knock out Nate Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Even man. Joe Rogan's giving you love on the broadcast. Uh, Joe's a good dude, man. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he does that. He does that for me a lot. And I appreciate him. Man, tell me, tell me you owe him 20 bucks now. Stuff. <laughs> 20 bucks huh <laughs> maybe even more than that <laughs> look joe's done a lot joe uh joe and brennan man i gotta tell you for you know for most people that don't understand like i know the show our show's had a lot of success but i mean like there's been a lot of business sides of it stuff that i've had to reach out to them and say hey you know i need a little help here and there you know can you guys direct me in the right direction and they've been very uh forthcoming with their information on you know things that help us grow and so um yeah, I mean, and for him to keep plugging me the way he does about the Nate Diaz fight, I mean, among other times, I mean, he talks about me quite a bit on his show uh, regularly, and I thank him for that, and he's a good person, man, like, realistically, I mean, not a lot of people get to know him personally, and I, I can't say that I'm, I'm one of them, but I'm saying that it makes you it makes you feel good that they bring you up, and that he brings you up, and that, I'm not just myself, but I know he does that for a lot of fighters, and so I think, it, you know, it feels good just knowing that he's giving you plugs you know, at any any turn that he can, and uh, it's a. I think it's a. He's a good person. Did it you see the guy that spent four thousand dollars to have the skywriting done, saying Joe Rogan is five foot three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can verify man. that's a lie. That is a lie. He yes, is not yes. five foot three. He's at least he's five foot be four. Five nine. He's <laughs> five foot four. <laughs> Nah, in my book, uh, everyone's five six. There you go. Okay, <laughs> it's five six now. That just he's makes him. Five, that makes what, him five, tall, eight, long, five, and lanky. He's five eight, five nine. Yeah, he's, he's five eight. At least five. Gotta eight, be five, five eight. Nine, yeah, I think he's probably pushing five nine though. Um, Apparently five seven according to Wikipedia. Really five seven? Yeah. I wasn't far. I wasn't far off five six. Close to being five <laughs> three. Like, nah. nah, he's got to be. I can't believe someone put out. They said four thousand dollars to have that written up in the sky. That's fucked up. All right, man. <laughs> That's fucked up. Anyways. There's seventeen thousand yeah, dollars apparently, Drum. What's that? How much? Apparently. Seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. I was told it was four thousand. Wow. Oh my God, that's crazy. John has a problem. John has a problem with math as well. So I had problems with math on the fucking broadcast. I, dude, <laughs> I was gonna put up I was gonna put up a sign here. Twenty six and twenty one. Twenty oh. twenty one from twenty six equals four. According to Josh Bro, Thompson, <laughs> I blame, I blame, I blame our fucking producer in my ear. He's like, hey, he's like, yo, we're highlighting the reach, whatever it was. And he was like, he's got a, he's, I don't know what he said. I think, <laughs> I think he said it was a five inch reach or four inch five reach. Five, like, oh, dude, if you got five. a five inch reach, we're talking a finger. Five inch reach advantage. Five inch reach advantage. <laughs> okay. Anyways, shit. It was, oh, yeah, it's all fun, man. 
Well, let's talk about this though, man. Let's talk about your 14 hour drive to Connecticut and your 14 hour drive back because you were not allowed to fly because you've got broken ribs, a collapsed lung, and a what, punctured spleen? It's and, not and collapsed anymore. Some other thing in there probably is bleeding as well. Dude, I got a lot of problems. <laughs> Uh, for those of you guys who didn't notice, I was running up and down the, the stairs all damn show. I made John, you work. It was yeah, awesome. You, made you actually work. were sweating. I got to, at, at, by the third in-cage interview, I had to run back and forth to desk. I fucking got a little winded. I was like, bro, you got to go home and start doing some cardio. I know. I've, I've been doing like hit training, but hit training is not the same as actually just running. You know? And I just, oh man, I was cold. I well, obviously didn't get to warm up or anything. I'm in a suit running <laughs> yeah, up and down trying up. to get there as fast as possible. <laughs> it's freezing in that damn hotel, in that damn venue. It's freezing in a bunch of venues, man. But especially the ones when we go to the hockey rink ones. Oh yeah. Oh, it's cold. Um, but, uh, but overall I thought, I thought the weekend was a good weekend of fights. Was. You know, I mean, not even start with the PFL, man. Um, I look in all full disclosure, I only got to watch up to the, uh, Nate and Schulte fight and Alex, I, I didn't see the ones below that. Uh, I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know why, but for some reason I just, it was the time change. I just was like, oh yeah, it's not on for like another two hours. Fucking flip through channels. <laughs> fuck. There it is. Oh, what the fuck? Maybe yeah, it is we were in the Connecticut. Yeah. You know me and time and math and whatever, man. I can't get it together. So, <laughs> uh, well, I, you uh, know what? Yeah, let's so- let's let's go with the main card on that because it, it did start off with a great fight, Tyler okay. Diamond against Brendan Lohane. That was an awesome fight. I love what yes, Brendan said after it because you could see he put so much out in that fight. He was just lighting tyler up at times tyler was never giving in never stopping just kept coming and it got to the point where he's one of those guys like what in the hell do i have to do to stop this guy and in the end brendan started doubting himself almost almost got to that point where it's like and he said he goes, I'm gonna, so i was almost thinking about i'm gonna quit because <laughs> i can't get rid of the guy and it's you know and that can happen is mentally this is what can happen in fights and that's why i always say Fighting is such a mental game because sometimes you're fighting against yourself more than even your opponent. And I thought, uh, but Brendan had a beautiful performance. Really, he looked fantastic. I give Tyler Diamond is a tough son yes. of a bitch, man. Yeah, dude, he's got a rock placed somewhere in his chin area because <laughs> it's made of granite. He took some big shots and kept coming, man. He's a tough dude. The PFL, they've got a really good young fighter there that you know what he's a gamer man he comes after it so i look forward to watching him in the future i watched him in his first fight and i thought hey, he's pretty good and then I, knowing how good that brendan is that was yeah. a hell of a performance yeah i thought the fight was fun. it was one of those fun-filled fights you know they were getting after each other you know I, brendan obviously had the advantage a lot in terms of the stand-up was hitting them with clean hard shots and that like you are right john though is that you when fighters, young fighters, specifically young fighters, they touch you with everything that used to knock everybody out. But then when they get to fighters that have a good chin or they just stay composed in those moments of get, being rocked, it, they start doubting themselves. They start doubting whether like, damn, can I get this guy out of here? And am I going to make the biggest thing is, am I going to make myself tired punching him in the face to where now he's going to just come on because he's composed and relaxed and that's the, one of the biggest things that like, we're going to get into it later on with uh, with Nate. Nate and Nick Diaz, they made their career based off of that. People used to try and 
finish them and get them out of there and they just couldn't do it and then by the end by the end of the round whatever it was they were exhausted and they would start piecing them up and touching them and laughing and and goading them on to like let's go let's fight flipping them off and that's what's made them famous and that's what's made them such so marketable but brendan man he did a good job he you know he closed the show did really you know he kind of just made sure that everything was coming together touch 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 and i thought he i thought he fought a great fight he did just it was just an outstanding performance but you got to give it to tyler even though he didn't come away with the win god damn son you're fun to watch i yep you're exactly what makes someone come back you know because you you believe he's going to give you everything that he has because that's what he did so really good performance bubba jenkins I think, roll. man i'll tell you what though the, and this is what i really he still has that thing he starts to slow down but yeah. damn it his stand-up has gotten so much better because bubba used to wing a lot of shots used to throw a lot of looping punches he's you know he's, that straight left hand he's got now he's very tight in what he's doing at the beginning of the fight you know bobby moffitt's a tough dude and, and you know, bubba was putting good shots on him throughout he got a little tired near yeah. the end of the fight but he really looks good right now. I'm really impressed. You know, Bubba's got it. You know, he's got that personality. He's a good guy. He is really a good person, and so it's good to see him doing well. Obviously, he's fitting in well with Dewey Cooper. I thought he looked great in his fight. That's two big wins in a row for him, and well deserved. Yeah, that's coming off of a big win over Lance Palmer, yeah. who I thought for sure was going to try to wrestle more and touch him up more and then wrestle more, and he never had a chance and opportunity to really get Bubba down. And Bubba made him work for every single takedown that he was attempting, and Lance never got it together, never got the ball rolling, and it was just a snowball effect of Bubba taking over the fight. Then you got to Bobby Moffat, and it was the same type of thing where Bobby Moffat just really never was able to mount an offense. Bubba was kind of taking control of the cage, dictating where the fight went, but uh, Bobby had some moments in the fight, but it was nothing that really uh, that Bubba needed to worry about. But until towards the end, because there was some shots that Bobby started landing, it was like, okay, then you could tell, like you said, Bubba was getting a little bit more tired. Yep. I feel so weird calling someone Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, and the story behind Bubba. it is this. The story behind it is not is just because like my, my younger brother and sister used to call me Bubba. So it okay. was just... It, yeah, it was a weird thing. My sister couldn't, she couldn't say my name, so she would call me Baba. And so it died that as they got older, turned into Bubba. And so, yeah, they're, they're five, they're, you know, they're four and five years younger than me. So, but yeah, it was, uh, my sister was the youngest one and she would always call me Bubba. I just go so to Bubba, Bubba Gumstrip, man. Bubba Gumstrip. Forrest <laughs> Gump. Just, it's just weird to me. It's just weird to me, like, to have to call someone that. I, yeah, just brings back memories. That's all, anyways. Um, you know, but good performance by Bubba, man. He's on yeah. his way. He's in the he's in the semifinals now, or he's in the uh, he's in the playoffs. The they, they call he's it in the playoff. playoff. The playoff finals. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I thought I thought that caught him right into the semis, right? So there's four of them, right? There must be four people in the semis, then. I believe so. Yeah. Anyways, or the first round, or whatever you. They call, call it the playoff. First round. First round okay, of the let's call it the first round. Of the they also call it the so. PFL Smart Cage, which I've never seen a cage that's smart. But they use it. They use all kinds of different things. So, what's a smart cage, Josh? Well, you got to remember their marketing scheme behind them is for them to do like they're kind of into the tech industry. I kind of think is where they're doing well with that. Yeah, they're they're doing well with that apparently. So, um, but I mean, I would imagine it has something to do with that. You know, maybe the way that they do their filming, maybe the way it is there. Maybe there's some sort of like 
way that it shows how many strikes are landed. I don't know. Take, I don't know. Didn't they used I to call it the deca the decagon because it's ten sided instead of eight sided? It's the decagon. Now it's the smart cage. Next season it'll be something else. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's a fucking cage, man. We're the fighting. Fucking it. That's, that's all that exactly. Dude, it's a fucking cage. Let's let's stop <laughs> let's with all this nonsense. It's a fucking yeah. cage. I don't care how many it's sides it has. I don't when care the, if it's round. The fucking cage. Yeah. When the door shuts, we're still fighting. <laughs> um, congratulations to Bubba, though. Great performance. Another win, and uh, good luck in that first round of the playoffs. Clay Collard. I mean, he he's he's everything you talked about him, John. Being like, I didn't. I, honestly, like, and I said this before the Pettis fight, I didn't really know who he was. Yeah. I think I had seen him fight once or twice, but I, it wasn't like something like, ooh, well, I got to watch you fight again. But his performance against Pettis and now his performance um, against uh, Luderbach. Luderbach was 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 damn good. Yeah. Like the way he puts his combinations together to the body, he goes one to the head and then two to the body. And then out of every exchange, he's touching you to the body to make sure you understand. I'm going to keep trying to hit the wind out of you until until you, you don't want to get close to me anymore. Yeah. And uh, he's good, man. He he's is really good. I was I was rather surprised. He was very, very good everywhere. It's not it's not that like you know there there are guys in there that can beat him, but they're gonna have to have a really good performance to beat him. He's that he's that good. And if you look at technically in the stand up, he's very good. He's hard to hit. Mm-hmm. He's tight with his combinations. He doesn't throw a lot of junk, and he gives good feints. He sets you up. And he takes advantage when you bite on him. So he's he's just a good, solid fighter. I, I've always enjoyed watching him, and I'm I'm really happy that he's doing well there. So he deserves yeah. it. You know, he's he's uh he's had a long career. You know, fought in the UFC. You know, I I refed him when he was in the UFC too and stuff. But he's a uh, he's the full he's the full package. He comes from Idaho now because he was up in Utah and now Idaho, I believe. So yeah, we're when we're out in Idaho. I'm not sure, but I know he's you know he's living up in Idaho somewhere. Hmm, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Let's see. Clay Collard, somewhere in Idaho, huh? I was just talking to Trevor Pranglin today, he, this morning, when I landed uh, from Connecticut. He was, uh, he had hit me up and just texting me and stuff. He's got a big, his gym is just, his AKA Trevor Pranglin's AKA up there. Yeah. Fucking taking off. Good, good for him. He's got, he's got over 100 something jiu-jitsu members, just jiu-jitsu members. He's got, and he, he had to get into a whole new warehouse type facility. He's trying to talk the guy into letting him buy the building so he can own it. But I mean, it's he's it's it's picking up. What happened was what had happened was was that area there blew up because you know everyone's moving out of California. Well, where did they all go? Because they want to live in the east. They all want to still live on the the west coast. They moved up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is where he's at. So now his gym is just flooded with Californians. Just that we're looking like, hey, I'm looking for a place to train. And they just looked up Trevor. They looked up AKA and AKA is up there because Trevor Pringles AKA. And Perfect. It's it's fucking enormous, man. He's killing it. But he had a big party today for his team. And, Don't uh, make it too team, big. His, his gym. It's huge. How many, all right, how many huge. square feet? Oh, I mean, like, I mean, huge. I want to say it's. I did, mine was 30,000, 32,000. I think it's 19,000. Yeah, that's big. But it's just a big open space, though. Yep. It's like, that's all he did. It's one big open space. He built one little wall for the CrossFitters to have their own little section, you know, away from everyone. But that's it. The rest of it is all uh, mat space. It's all just one big open mat space. Good. You know, and they do kickboxing on one side, and they do jujitsu is fucking the biggest part of it all. <laughs> it's nuts. It's just crazy. Um, you know, Clay Collard, great performance. Look, look, I want to, first I want to say this, everybody, I apologize. We didn't cover this last week. 
And we had said that we would talk everything MMA. And for some reason, this escaped us. I don't know what it was and why. And, you know, Podcast Dave just wasn't doing his job and making sure that I'm going to go with you. You know what, Josh? You are so right. This is podcast. That was Podcast Dave's fault. Yeah, he's probably not even on the call right now because he's just. (laughs) Yeah. For, for, I remember for months, it was for the whole lot, for the last two years, John. Dave was always like, God, why is John, why, why does, why does John care whether we film like uh, at 10 o'clock or at like 11 o'clock at night? It doesn't matter. It's it not a big matter. deal. Now he's in, now he's in the, now he's in Austin. <laughs> goes, it's so late. <laughs> it's fucking so late. Oh, God. It's I'm Sunday. Josh, do you even remember that you were going to talk about something? Do you even remember what it was now? Oh. No, no. Oh, yes, I was. I was going to talk about something. <laughs> well, you did good. Right. Great, great job at deflecting uh... there, podcast Dave. Dave's deflecting. Look, I want to apologize. We should have talked about PFL last week in the lead up to it. We just podcast Dave dropped the ball, and uh, it's his so we, fault. So, so, so we not we not only dropped the ball with him, we kicked yeah. it down the field. Yes, we did. Okay. Yes, we did. But uh, let's get into the Clarissa Shields fight over uh, Brittany Elkin. All right. Let me just be very clear about this. Let's hear it. People like Brittany Elkin, they find ways to lose. Hello. In moments like this. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, you're totally right. Okay, and all right. I'm going to say this. First off, I was extremely impressed with the mental toughness of Clarissa oh. Shields. All right. Did you expect her to be something different, John? Hold on, John, well, I no, no, no. I don't because, expect her to be any different. Than that. Well, like she's uh, mentally tough. She's for sure. 100% no doubt about that. But tough. people panic at times too when it's all yeah, of a sudden true. you're under the lights and. Bad things are happening. They can panic, and so, you know, it can just lead towards bad things happening. Look at it. Very mentally tough and everything. What is the thing? And you just got to explain this to me. we got this whole thing with boxing. And look, Clarissa Cummings, she's a two-time Olympic champion. She is a, you know, WBC, WBA, all these different titles she's won in boxing. And we, as, you know, they, we bring a boxer in, and she's, you know, I know they want to build her. Put her against someone that's got, you know, a, a losing record, three and six. Why is it that when, if an MMA person goes to boxing, we put them against the very best? But if, if a boxer comes into MMA, we're going to put them against someone who's not even close to being near the best. What's what? I just don't get it. If you're going to put a world champion in, have Clarissa fight freaking Kayla. You don't want her to have her lose. No. I understand, but no, no. I understand. And like, I'm not, I'm not saying it bad, and I'm just joking about it. But you know, Clarissa, she really did a good job of maintaining composure in bad spots. But when, if and this is no, no offense to uh, Elkin, but if you have someone mounted for, we'll say, eight minutes of twelve minutes of fighting, and that person doesn't even have a mark on them, there's a problem. All right. Yeah. Just a problem, dude. You know, you're not. You you didn't even come close to doing a good submission. You didn't come close to doing damage. You're just. I, the PFL got what they wanted. They got a win for Clarissa. Good for Clarissa. Uh, I give her credit. She's been working hard. She got that win. She was tough, but she is not even close to being ready for a good fighter. No, but John, I'm just being honest. 
I no, I understand you're being honest, I, but I really, I look, I really believe that she did all the things that you said that she did. She showed her determination. Yep. She showed her composure. She fought out of shitty positions. She survived the rounds in certain situations. Um, she, I mean, you could have said that two, you could have said one of those rounds was a 10, eight round only had, had, uh, Elkins done a little bit more damage. You know, or threatened. What damage? Bit, I'm saying, but no, I'm saying, had she done a little bit had, more damage? Had she, well, done had, some she had, damage, had she even tried to get submission and tried to do something that would end a fight? Yeah, but uh, I, I'm not going to take anything away from Clarissa Shields. What I'm going to do is I'm going to point out Brittany Elkins and just say Brittany Elkins and just say, it's she's not the only one. I've seen fighters in moments that they've had the our boy, our boy, Chael Sonnen, moments like that. Like those, like the you know the Anderson Silva fight. It's like you. It's almost like you find sometimes. It's just find it's, the way to you, lose. It hap- you find a way to lose sometimes, and it's so weird. You know, it's it's a, it's a shitty situation to be in, and but the, it seems to happen sometimes to the same people, and it's it happened. It's happened to her a couple of times in terms of where she's been. She's had some decent performances, but then finds a way to lose as it goes into the later rounds. And this was a situation too. All she had to do was move more. Like she could have just moved and she could have went turtled up and then went to standing up. You know, she would have been better off there because she would have got the takedown probably, you know, if if they were back on their feet. But she decided to ball up like basically in a side position and just let her tee off. Not even ball up. Josh, she's hooked on a leg with her arms. What is that? What is where? Whoever told you if you're in this position and you have your legs holding on to your opponent's one leg. I want you to hook your arm so she can crush down on your arm mm-hmm. because this is going to be good for you. Yeah. Come on. People just panic sometimes, yeah. John. They panic yeah. in big-time situations and big-time. That was just a big opportunity for her, and she was on her way, and it just didn't happen. And the PFL, they, you're right. The PFL, they get what they want, yeah. but it, I'm not ready to throw – Clarissa Shields to Kayla Harrison. <laughs> not ready for that, you know. Um, but it's not fair, you know. But uh, give her some time, you know. Look, and, it, uh, it, it, I, I, as simple as it, look, Clarissa is a phenomenal boxer. And if you took, you know, look, you know, I know her and Chris Cyborg are friends. You took Chris Cyborg and you put Chris Cyborg against Clarissa Shields in an MMA match. Chris Cyborg will put her out in the first fucking round. If you put Chris Cyborg and Clarissa Shields in a boxing match. I think Clarissa Shields would have a good chance of putting Chris out possibly in the first round. You know, she's a boxer and she's coming into MMA. But the whole point is you're building up this world championship boxer where, man, I don't know. I just, where, where is it going to go? Because who do you have to put her against? The only one you have that's in your, yeah, she's 155 pounds. She's like yeah. Kayla. Who do you have? You're gonna you're gonna put her on the the row of, of fighters that you put Kayla Harrison against? I don't know. Cause well, Elkin is one of the ones that she fought against Kayla Harrison, didn't she? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know. Is the, there's nowhere for it to go as is my as I look at it. And yeah, but Kayla I, I know, Harrison I'm, can make one forty five. I don't see why she doesn't go to one forty five. She can make one forty five. That's what the frustrating part of it all is, is that she did it for Invicta, which is which is supposedly which should be the smaller organization over PFL. And why wouldn't she do that in her own organization? Why not go to 145? There's I wouldn't say there's a ton of girls to fight there, but there's a lot more girls to fight there at 145 for her to fight. 
and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really, it, it just comes down to the potential of making, to making the most amount of money for competition that's going to be smaller than her every single time. Look, Clarissa Shields got some time. She's going to, you know, she's going to have some time. And if I was the promotion, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be build, I'd be patting her record, letting her get some, some fights in there and letting her get some time to, to get better. Because in the situation, John is, they could end up like an Aaron Pico where the first four or five, four or five fights of their career, they end up being a, fi- a 500 fighter. Well, now look at what, if we've taken our time away from Aaron Pico and let him develop himself and get better from fight to fight, which is what they've done since he lost uh, to Adam Boric. He's fucking on fire right now. The guy looks like a fucking complete animal, you know? And I mean, Aiden Lee's a fucking savage. We'll get into that more, yeah. but I'm just simply saying they're going to have to do the same thing for Clarissa Shields. Okay, but they kind of, when, they still when you have a Kayla main Harrison event that has yeah. an 0-0 fighter in Clarissa Shields, now obviously has a huge background in boxing, but an 0-0 fighter going against a fighter that's three and six and has lost how many how many did she lose in a row before this fight because now you know she's three and seven she she has to have like five five losses in a row four losses in a row you know, she lost to Amanda Bell Kayla Harrison Bobby Joe don't even ask me you're putting that's your main event your fighter's got three losses in a row is it gonna be in my main event this is where my that's that's where my problem lies it's like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I don't think it should have been a main event, but I think it should have. They should have had Clay Collard coming off of his win. Hello. He should have been the main event. Yep. That or, yeah. you know, Tyler Diamond against Brendan. You know, I'm not yeah. saying don't have Clarissa on it. When I look at a main event and I have a fighter that's lost you know, multiple fights in a row is the main event, mm-hmm. you lose me, even if it's Clarissa Shield. Yeah. I got you. But, I mean, overall, though, they had some fun fights. You know, I mean, those are the ones that I saw as well. So, they, they had some fun fights, man. It was good. Is there any other fights on there that you saw that I didn't get to see? Uh, I saw the Marcin Held and Oliver, and I was uh, I was wondering if, if Marcin was going to be able to get the uh, submission. Wasn't able to. You mm-hmm. know. Albert he's, he's just too solid in the in his wrestling and grappling. So, But, yeah. He's that guy. Is the first round is going to get a submission, or he's going to lose a three round decision? Well, he won a three round decision in his last fight, I believe. Yeah, he did. Which was which was very rare for him, by the way. Like you were saying, <laughs> <laughs> he either gets a submission in the first or the half of the second, or he loses. Yeah. But uh, last time didn't he got the win? All right. Well, all right. Well, hey, let's talk about some Bellator. We um we've got a lot to talk about in terms of the Bellator situation. So. I mean, overall, look, Alex Polizzi had a great performance, dominant performance. Uh, like you said, Gustavo Trujillo just doesn't just doesn't fight smart, you know. And once once he got taken down, he thought he was going to, be able to do something more than he was able to, and uh, wasn't able to. Uh, Marina, fucking a, Mohaknakina, Mohaknakina, Anyways, guys, I want to let you know, I, John was not able to do the interviews all week. He wasn't able to do the interviews, or, I mean, all night in the that cage. Was a so I, because he's got broken ribs and it hurts to go up and down the stairs and, you know, whatever. Anyways, not a big deal. So we put him at the desk. So I called the prelim fights. 
I, because we lost some prelim fights, you know, during the week or whatever, I knew that that we were going to be short on time leading up. We didn't want to have an hour gap like we did for the last show between the prelims and the main card. And so they decided that we would interview every fighter. And as soon as that freaking happened, I got stuck having to say Marina Machina. Her name in a live interview. I said it fine. The whole damn fight card, the whole fight she's fighting, I'm saying it proper. I get in there at the very end. I call her Marina Machnatina. I fucking just totally dropped the ball, man. There were so many things. I was. I haven't had to call fight. It's been six fights, seven, six, seven fights since I've had to call a fight with you. It's been a year. It's been, it's been since last December I called a fight with you. And so I was but like, But it was good to hear you on there. You did good. Yeah, yeah, until I called a fucking Dars, uh, an anaconda. You called it Dars. Dars. Called it. Uh, an anaconda. So that was Lucas man. Brennan against Matt Skibicki. I, I, Lucas Brennan is starting to look really good. He's starting to look composed, confident in the cage. Man, he's got a submission game. And when it comes to the difference in the, all the different types of chokes and where he can hit him from, yeah, that was it. Was a nice start. <laughs> what was funny is you guys were kind of. I'm sitting up and thing. I go, that's an anaconda. Right. Yeah. And and because he, he's switching the positions, right? And yeah. uh MVP looks at him, he goes, he goes, That's an I said, Yeah, take a look where it's at, right? He goes, Yeah. And then our producer Fish comes out, he goes, Was that a Darcy or was that an Anaconda? He goes, Tyler's in the back in the truck going, That's an Anaconda. Yeah. And so yeah. I had just talked I just talked to Morrow and, and put one of our friends in a Darce and an Anaconda so he could see the difference and know exactly so he could call it. Yeah, you know what happened was I was watching the actual fight. Lucas's butt was facing me, and so his feet and fa- butt were facing me, and I wasn't looking at the monitor like I should have been. And it wasn't a very clear shot anyways, but yeah. regardless, happened. when he rolled him through the second time, when he rolled him through the second time, and I was explaining to him I'm trapping it with the knee, I didn't change the name, so I should have, but I oh, didn't. Good. But it's my, my mistake. It's a biggie. It's, no one's ever done that, I, ever. I've never called anything wrong. Joe Rogan's never called anything wrong. We all do. It's just what it is. <laughs> You're making me feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But Lucas I, is looking very I good. I still like. Composed. I still like the four-year age difference from 21 to 26. You're such a jerk, man. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, 21 to 26 <laughs> on the uh, tail of the tape is four years, ladies and gentlemen. Four years. It's <laughs> the new kind of math, Thompson. The new kind yeah, of math. It's that new math, man. What do they call it? They call yeah. it that Common Core. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a common somehow core. It, eventually it will be true. Yeah, uh, Lucas looked great. I mean, he kind of falls a page out of his father's book, man. His dad was always good on the neck and good on the back. Yep. You know, strong, physically strong, and looked like he's just maturing as a fighter. I think he's twenty one years old. Twenty one, dude. Tw- twenty twenty one. Super 20? young. Twenty one. Yeah, he's, he's just 21, 21. So just a young, young, young man, and. uh yeah, he's going to be good. You know, yeah. he's got to work on his his wrestling's decent. You know, he's got to work on his uh, striking a lot more to help set up his wrestling. Got to be more confident he's, in it. Yeah, he's a little bit more one dimensional right now. But I think he's going to come. He's going to come a long way here shortly. They're going to they start stepping up his competition. He's five and zero. Oh. I mean, all of his fights I think have been in Bellator. Am I correct? Yes, sir. You scroll down there, Dave. No, I think every single one of his fights have been in Bellator. Yeah, so I mean, he's coming up. You know, they're do they're kind of doing for him what they did what they're going to be doing with Clarissa Shields. So I'd like you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's give Clarissa some time. Okay, give her a little bit of time. But this young man's got a bright future. I think as long as he stays on track and uh, 
you know, just keeps, keeps trains with his dad, man. I was in this a real quick short story for you guys. I was supposed to fight his dad. That I just aged myself for all of you. I was supposed to fight his dad. This kid's 21 years old. I was supposed to fight his dad probably at least four or five times. I would say twice, maybe in the king of the cage, maybe one time or maybe twice in the WC and one time in the king of the cage. And then I was supposed to fight him. Uh, I want to say in pride in the Bushido. I think him and I were supposed to fight and that didn't come to fruition either. So I think it was about four times him and I were supposed to fight and uh, it never happened. But yeah, I was, Oh no, you know what? There was one of the, what was that? What was that event? They got that they stopped in Palm Springs. American athlete. Yeah, that was a long time. Was it? Ago. Was it called the American athlete yeah. or the ultimate ultimate, ultimate athlete. athlete? Ultimate athlete. Yeah, yeah. The 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 one they remember they had the stabbings with the Mongols and the yep. in the Hell's Angels or was it just the Mongols? No, it was just another? the Mongols. That they had their their Some, fighter in there, and then all of a sudden there was a uh, a giant yeah. brawl. Yep, yep. We were there. Bobby Southwood was actually up on the ramp, getting ready to walk down into the ring to fight. And fucking the <laughs> shit broke out. <laughs> and Bobby, Bobby's like, I am not walking fucking down there. Fucking shit started, chairs started growing. Wasn't that was a Morongo? Yep. Morongo Casino? Yeah. No, no. Was it, it wasn't at a casino. I thought it was, it was the Morongo. Was that a big open, was it? Yeah. yeah no, it was the mole. Mo- it was, no, it was, it was the, the other biker gang was the Mongols. No, 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 no. They had the Morongo oh. Event Center. It was at the Morongo was it? Casino, okay. but it was outside in a tent. It was the Mongols, but remember, it was them yeah. versus another group yeah. of yeah, but you, bikers. Never mind. You, you're getting too much of the M's. Difference yeah, between yeah. Mongol and Morongo. Morongo is an actual casino and hotel. It all sounds the same to me, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same thing, right? Yeah, potato, thing. potato, tomato, potato, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Got it. Uh, good stuff. Anyways, um, hey. Justin Gonzalez explodes onto this scene. Uh, coming from the LFA champ, there beats Taiwan Claxton, who was ranked number nine. And look, nothing against Justin Gonzalez. I had Taiwan Claxton one of the third, but I'm not mad that they gave no, it to, to Justin. It but it was very close. And I said, and I was telling Justin in the in the in the uh, lobby there. I said it was one of those fights where one guy could win it 30 27. Each round was that close, and one guy could win at 30-27, you know, and then the other person, the final judge could 29-28 to one person, yeah. you know. So that's that's kind of how those fights go when they're that close, and that's kind of what I saw, you know, that night. Yeah. Good yeah. fight. I, he he was, honestly, you told me he was tough. I had never seen him fight before, but he was a lot tough. I, I did some research on him in terms of, uh, you know, on the internet and stuff. Seen a couple of his fights there. I was like, ah, he's good. I think Taiwan's probably going to get him, you know. Um, But... He, uh, you know, great conditioning, wasn't even breathing hard after the second round. You know, it wasn't, I felt like it wasn't going his way, but he was still getting some stuff in there. He was landing, he's quick as hell. I, I was expecting Taiwan to be the faster fighter. He wasn't. I thought Gonzalez uh, was the faster fighter when he threw. He just didn't throw enough. He just had to, he had to set the tempo more. They kept banging heads, man. The cuts on the nose and the cuts on the yeah, face were the from the headbutts. The yeah. 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 Those were from the headbutts. So, um, yeah, I mean, but overall, great I'm excited. Debut. Young, young new talent and uh, very energetic. I'm, I'm pumped to have him fight more. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Crutchmere and Levon Chokele. That's another name that I was struggling with that night. Uh, Crutch, it's just the wrestling, man. That Oklahoma State wrestling, you know, trains with DC and all the guys at AKA and stuff. And they just got a, they got a whole bunch of guys. Crutch just needs just to figure good, out man. this. He's got the wrestling as far as he gets the takedowns. He gets deep on guys. He gets the takedown. 
He's just got to figure out ways of getting some separation at moments so he can land heavier strikes. Yeah. He's, yeah, I talked to him in the lobby uh, at 3 in the morning. I talked to him in the lobby, and I was like, you just got to learn, man, to posture up. Put your forehead against the cage. Yep. Get your get your chest pressure over them when you have them against the fence and hip in and squeeze your knees around their, their butt and just start laying down some other. Two or three hard strikes, go back down, a little bit of body, body, head. And then when you're ready right to go again, up. do it again. It. You got to do those things, you know? And then when you did pass, you didn't do anything with it. Either start working towards a submission or just – Little hammer fists until he starts to move and then go big shots. The more you strike, the you know, the more the like the when they start to move and mount offense, you strike and then they clam back up. I had to tell them too, when you do your ground and pound, always go to the body first because that brings their elbows down to block their body because they don't want to get hit in the body anymore. It opens up their head. So you go, I, I would elbow the body from the guarded position and then come back over the top like Fedor style with like loopy ground and pound. You know, do some work, whatever, mix it up. But yeah. he, he didn't do anything. He didn't do a whole lot. And I was riding him hard yeah. a little bit, at the, you know, at the, in the lobby there. And I was well, it's, like, it's going to be the difference of the level that he actually ends up attaining as a fighter. Because if he continues with what he's doing, he's going to start losing fights based upon there's going to be guys that are better getting up off of the ground. He's going to have to work harder yeah. getting more takedowns. And then it's just going to start being a bad, you know, position for him. So you start doing that ground and pound, you start becoming a becoming effective in putting some damage on someone and slowing down their ability to damage you, you know, the wins are going to just keep piling up. So. What well, also comes down to is that the more strikes you throw, the more they move and the more that opens up submissions. Yeah. It could also open up them, you know, getting free and escaping, that's but okay. yeah, that's okay as well. You just got to remember that it's not, it's not life or death where they fucking get back to their feet. That's the other thing. You know, let them get all the way back up and then just, you know, mat return them. If you mat return them, then they're they're getting more exhausted as well. Because I saw him at the end in the, in the lobby and he's like, I said, you look tired in the third. He's like, I was fucking exhausted. He's like, I did a lot of wrestling those first two rounds. I'm like, yeah. But you'll, you'll, it'll be less energy if you're not focused directly on just holding someone down and you're just throwing the big, you throw one or two big shots. They clam up a little bit and they don't move as much when you throw those big shots unless you're really, unless you're not hitting them clean, you know, like you're, if you're barely grazing them or they're able to block, but then they, they turtle up and they don't move as much. Yeah. So I would always throw strikes to keep them to sit still, you know, and then if, if they feel like they start to move off of those strikes, then that's when you want to clam up on them and lock them down. But I figured, you know, um, he'll get some work in, he'll look back at the tape and realize, you know, a lot of the stuff we were talking about. He said he felt it as well. He just felt tired after all the wrestling. So, uh, Mark Leminger got the win over uh, Demarcus Jackson. Jackson just looked tired, man. He looked, he looked exhausted. exhausted right away. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think for him, he doesn't know how to. Like we've said this before, like guys like Michael Chandler, same same type of problem, you know. And uh, there was who else on this whole thing? Um, oh, Yaroslav Amosov. Like those guys. Chandler and Amosov and Jackson, like they don't know how to fight at a pace. It's either all or nothing. You know, uh, Amosov slowed it down this fight, but he slowed down the rest of us as well. Like Boy, this. I did. Um, <laughs> but it was, okay. But, um, but I, uh, what was I talking about? I was talking about, uh, D D uh, Jackson. Yeah. He just, he didn't, he spent his wad. And once he spent his wad, Lemonger was still there and he was just putting the pressure on him. Yeah. He was able to switch and scramble out of some different positions, get to the top position, and he made him work. And when he did get to the top, he and flattened landed, him out and it was land, over. landed some big shots, and that's what yeah. you're talking about. You know, did a great job of getting yeah. his back, getting his hips up off of the ground. He was stuck. You know, took some big shots. So, 
Nice job by Mark Lemberger. Got himself back on the winning uh, track there because he had two losses in a row. So that was a yep. that was a big win for him. All right, here's the but, fight. This is what I want to talk about. Go ahead. Fight of the night. Y'all, baby. Fight of the night. Aiden Lee. Performance of the night. All right, I'm just going to say it. Aiden Lee. I know you lost, brother, and I know that sucks. God damn it, your stock went up. You <laughs> fought your ass off. You were going, you know, you got out of some good submission holds. You worked yourself back to your feet multiple times. You were always trying to do something to change the course of the fight. You got nothing to feel bad about. I know it sucks that you lost, but God damn it, you came across the pond and you put on a performance because it takes two to tango to make that type of fight. And yep. you were in shape. You were doing everything that anyone could ask. You looked, uh, you, you just looked very impressive in your calmness in the fight, in bad situations, working yourself out. I just wanted to say, man, I, I know it sucks losing, but God damn. You went up in my in my book as far as I want to watch you again, brother. I I hope they I hope they bring him back. I mean, I know he's got a contract with us, but um, we, they did start separating themselves a lot from a lot of the talent that we had taken over from Bama. Bellator started now kind of releasing the ones that have have a couple losses in a row or have had, had a loss. But I'm just simply saying he deserves another shot. Oh. I mean, the, the kid's tough, man. He he was fighting out of every position. On top of that, he was actually trying to go for position and trying to get finishes himself there was a lot of things that he did I mean, that he got taken down i want to say eight times in the first round no and he got up almost i'd say at least five or six of those times he was able to get up like it was it was very impressive man it was very impressive yeah so um yeah i, I want to i hope to see him again but aaron pico to me that like this whole night was about aaron pico and his performance what he did throughout the whole night it was the 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 um the Darces, it was all of the, the chokes and all Those the Those are all anacondas, damn it. <laughs> Whatever, okay? All of the anacondas that go. he was trying to put on, all of the anacondas, and then he was also trying to, he tried to hit an arm and guillotine at one point. Yep. Uh, you know, he was just, he was on point. He was like, all over. He Remember he did the, he did the step over arm bar. So, like, Aiden was trying to, like, push off and get up, and he jumped to, it was almost like a flying arm, but yeah. I don't want to say that because he was, it wasn't falling. Anyways. Gave too much space. He, and, yeah, he, and, he, did, and he, was, he did not have the head control. That was the problem. Yeah, I didn't throw the leg fully over. But it, the fact is, the simple fact of the matter is he went for it. Yep. Like right in the middle of exchange. It was very impressive. Wasn't able to get it. But I thought it was, I thought it was, a, I thought he did everything. Everything was well, good. The thing that, what was so impressive is, like we, we knew, it, and, and Aiden had talked about he was going to, he was going to take Pico down at times. And we went, what, what are you thinking? Why are you going to waste energy yeah. trying to do that? That's crazy. Don't do that. But, you know, that's what he was saying. But it was how Pico was taking Aiden Lee down effortlessly. And we've seen that Aiden Lee's got good wrestling defense. Yeah. But he was changing levels. He was allowing Aiden to come in with shots, and he would change them. And it was effortless in taking him down. There was nothing that Aiden could do to stop it. And he was showing speed in when he was doing things. His hands were fast. His... You know, positional changes were fast. The way he dropped levels was fast. Everything was fast, and it was effortless in the way he was doing things. He made a good fighter, you know, just work to survive like it was nothing for him. He was just going from one thing to the next, and the other thing on top of it, when you looked at the, he wasn't even breathing hard. At the end of the second round, I was looking at him, and I'm like, He's not even breathing hard. 
He yeah. just put out now 10 minutes of nonstop movement, action, damage. And he's not even, he's not even taking a deep breath. He's, 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 he's going to be a nightmare with what, you know, Jackson Wink and those coaches have done with him as far as mentally taking a guy who I'm going to say it right now, he was broken. Mm-hmm. He was broken because, you know, he had, he had this pressure and expectations and he wasn't meeting them and he didn't know what to do and they took him and they've rebuilt him. And now he understands how to be a fighter. He understands the rhythm of the fight and how he's the one in control of that rhythm. And when you're in control of that rhythm, things become easy and he's just got it going right now. There's, there's no one. If you're in the featherweight division, you're looking, you're going, hmm. Keep that away from me for a while right now. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say he's ranked, what, seven or six? I think he's six right now. I don't know. Division. I mean, but he can't get any other top ten fighters to fight him. So, <laughs> I don't blame guys, thought, man. I'm telling you. I thought it was a good step up for him, though, in competition in terms of, like, the, the, the talent he's been fighting lately. Aiden Lee was a big step up for him in competition. So, I think for, him, for Aiden Lee, though, it, don't be down on yourself, man. It was... Did a great performance, just wasn't enough, you know. But this is a learning experience for me, man. I, I think there's, I'd like to see maybe a, a Mads Burnell and Aaron Pico. Mm. Mads Burnell, Mads Burnell. Well, if you're Aaron, you're going doesn't make sense for me, but okay. But if you're Mads Burnell, yeah, because and Mads has got a great submission game. But I think if you're looking at it, Aaron Pico against a a, a really good wily veteran like Daniel Weichel, or Put him back with Adam Borsch. They had one. Well, he wants that. He wants that as a redo. Maybe you put him back. Yeah, possibly. But Vaisal's fighting uh, uh, Keone Diggs here coming up here shortly. Okay. I think in the next card. So uh, they've got those two. I, mean, I guess maybe you could have them fight later on in September, October, the two of them. Yeah. He's, if if he's on the next card, that's a two week difference. Boom. There you go. Yeah. But if Keone wins, well, that's you can have different. Him fight yeah. yeah. Um, you know, or you can have him fight JJ Wilson. Yeah. You know, JJ's undefeated, young, talented. Yep. You know, uh somewhere in there. Maybe if you want to if you want to be a total jerk, you know, you could say let's just jump the line and go right up to Emmanuel Sanchez. Yeah, I wouldn't do that right yet. <laughs> that's smart though. See? I mean, that's that's smart though. That's smart. Yeah, Pico and Vaisho would be good or Pico and uh Keone Diggs would be good as well. Good stuff. I like to see the Mad. I think I'd like to see the Mads Brunel. I know it doesn't do anything for Pico, but it gets him more experience against guys that can do that can grapple. Mads doesn't have great stand up, you know. Uh, Pico's but he's got, got heavy a hands. slick ground game. He's got a slick ground game, but can he get Pico down? I don't know if he can get Pico down, but he's good with hitting submissions even from underneath. I've even seen him hit a Japanese necktie from underneath. So yeah, he's, he hits that thing from everywhere. From everywhere, so it's he's like good. Bread, this is bread and butter. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, good stuff. Look, let, let's get into the two fights, uh, the co-main event and the main event. You've got Paul Daly and Jason Jackson. I'm just going to be 100% honest with you guys. Both fights. <laughs> I mean, look, Jason, look, people fight Paul Daly. It's been the same way since he was in the UFC. This is before he was in the UFC. People fight him, and they're going to just keep taking him down. That's all they're going to do. No, Not a lot of guys are going to stand with him. And the ones that do... 
Okay, usually like end up Sabato getting Masi, knocked out. Usually end up getting knocked out. It's very rare do people stand with him and, and get the win. Nick Diaz, I think, is probably one of like a not even a handful of like one or two people to ever probably stand with him and, fin- and be able to finish him. Look, the only the two rest people, of them, the only two people I've ever seen hurt Paul Daly. I mean, hurt Paul Daly, Nick Diaz, and Sabah Masi. Sabah yeah. Masi had him hurt in that first round. Yeah, he did. But Paul doesn't get hurt very often. So in the stand-up, you're taking a huge chance because he's got big power. I don't blame Jason Jackson for anything. Not at all. I thought he fought smart. It's the way to fight Paul Daly. You know, take him out of his ability to hurt you with big power. It's the the right way to fight him, even though it's not what people wanted to see. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. I was expecting it to be like a fireworks type fight, you know. I figured that Jason Jackson would wrestle a little bit, you know, to at least threaten it, get to the top position. And, you know, try to do some heavy ground and pound, do some work. We've seen him do that before in the past, but it wasn't there. I think it was more like um, when I had MVP up with me at the desk, he's like, look, when you fight daily, he's like, the last thing you want to do is let him get back up to his feet and give him an opportunity to, to knock you out with his left hook or his hands. Yeah. He's like, it's just not what you want to do. And so if you can hold him down, you're going to hold him down. If that means not doing any work and just stealing around that way, that's what you're going to do. And that's kind of exactly what Jason Jackson did. The other thing as well is when you're talking about who had the most to lose, Jason Jackson did. He's ranked number three right now. You know, he's coming off the the big win over Naaman Gracie. He's coming off the win um, before that was, who was it before that? The one before that was. Before Naaman. Oh, Benson Henderson, Naaman Gracie. One before that was Jordan Jordan Mean. Then Jordan Mean and then Kichi, uh, what's it called? Kichi and then he should have beat Ed Ruth. I still believe that they messed up the actual scoring system on that fight. <laughs> and Ed's, Ed's my boy, man. And Ed's my boy. I train with him. I'm a, I'm a homer. You guys all know that. Okay, I'm not lying about that. Um, but yeah, like he should be. He should have a what? Like seven or eight ahead, fight John. win streak going. Go ahead, John. You count. You count. Two, four, <laughs> six, eight, nine. Nine fight win streak. Yeah. It's probably eight. If you add the Ed one in there. Yeah, he should have a nine-fight win streak if you had the other one in there. Yep. Yeah, he should be on a nine-fight win streak. Here's the other thing. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it after this. Um, is I mean, he Should he jump? Should he jump MVP for this title shot? No. MVP is number, MVP's number two, and Jason Jackson is number three. Mm-hmm. And Amosov is now the new champ, and I would imagine Lima just drops to number one. Okay. So do you have... Do you have Jason Jackson then fight Douglas Lima next and you have MVP fight Yaroslav Amosov? That's fine. I have no problem with that. I, I mean, will, but if I, you're... Just based upon... Let's, let's, we'll, we'll go to the, that fight, you know, Amosov against Lima. Based upon what Douglas Lima did in that fight, I would not give him a rematch. Not right now. No. Uh, yeah, we're talking about, we're talking about Lima? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely not. Okay, so there's no rematch absolutely. there. So, all right, who am I going to put him against? Well... I would put him against Jason Jackson. That's a good matchup. That's a good fight. And I would put since right now MVP is above and he deserves to be above Jason Jackson right now. Put him against Amazoff. Everyone knows what Amazoff does. Everyone knows what MVP does. Who's the guy that's going to keep the fight in their realm? Like let's let's get let's talk about Douglas Lima first. Let's 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 break this whole thing down. What's the one thing I said he cannot do? Before lay on his the back fight. and just lay on his back and just accept, accept that the position. position. Thank you. 
And what did he do? Yeah. Laid on uh, his back. He laid on his back. Set yeah. that position. He starts yeah. closing his guard, starts doing a damn figure four on on yeah, Amazon's body. And it's like, have you lost your mind? I love yeah. Douglas Lima as a fighter. I love him as a person. He's, He's a, a great person. Unbelievable you know, human being. He's a great fighter. But there's times that you just, and, and I don't know if it was that he, at a certain point, when Amazov took him down, and then he realized when he got taken down the second time, it was like, I can't stop this guy's takedowns. And I, I don't know if that's what it was. And he was like, you know, I just got to figure something out. Because to me, that's what he was looking for one shot. He was looking for the one big shot that was going to hurt Amazov. You know, and then come, he had the chance in the thing, it was the third round. You're going to look and say, okay, he, he opened up towards the end of that round after being taken down. And he ended up, you know, getting back to the feet. And he had some good shots that he landed in the end of the third round. But other than that, he didn't land anything really. Yeah. Let, let me, let, let, I'm going to go a little bit deeper in all this on with him is I, I have this, I have this belief. I think, I don't know. Maybe it's a belief. I have this in my mind. I'm thinking this, I think tournaments are great. They're fun, but it's a finish line. It's a finish line of, I achieved my goal. I'm still the champion. I've won a million dollars plus. Let's not forget they get paid a lot of money, uh, so they're getting it's their just, fight purses plus the million purse. dollars. Yeah. His normal fight purse plus a million dollars, and then he went up to fight Gegar Mousasi, and they gave him a big bump in pay for that specific fight. He's made a lot of money in the last year and a half, a lot of money, and so I just I wonder how comfortable. He's like, I've done it all. I I don't know if we're going to see a return to Douglas Lima. I don't think we're going to see the Douglas Lima that beat Roy McDonald, the one that was a dog against uh, Korshkov all three times. And, you know, I don't I don't know if we're going to see that guy come back. I honestly don't know. You know when someone's done so much in the sport? And he's very humble. He's very quiet. He, you see him. He's always smiling. He's always either majority of the time has got his family with him. He's such a good person, yep. so quiet, so nice, so everything. Just speaks highly about a lot of people, doesn't talk trash. I think that he's like, you know what? I've achieved everything. I'm, I'm sitting on a lot of money right now. I know, I know he'll continue to fight, but I think if he takes another loss or two, I think he may have just, he may just realize like, you know what? I'm just, I'm good. I gotta, I like you kind of get to that point sometimes, John, because we look, we've seen him accept this position before. Okay. Like in the fight when he fought Korshkov, I think the second time, Korshkov took him down a bunch of times and he kind of just succumbed to the position. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then he finally got back up to his feet and knocked him out. And it was like, but it was, he was able to kind of make it, you know, make him work for the takedowns here and there against the fence. Amosov never had to work for the takedown. He got to the body blocked. He put the knee between the legs. He lifted and elevated and pulled him away from the fence. Yep. And they did their they did their research. They saw when he wasn't near the fence that he just accepts guard. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. So if you take him down, you pull him away from the fence, he just accepts guard. Well, you could and go that's all, exactly what happened. Go all the way back to when he first fought Rory McDonald. He had beaten Korshkov and gotten the title back because mm-hmm. he had lost it to Korshkov. And he beats Kor- Korshkov in the second matchup. And they put him against Roy McDonald. And look, he lost the first two rounds of that fight. And then he started putting it on Roy McDonald. And he takes yeah. the next two easy. And Rory is 
going out into the fifth round on one leg. His one leg is a just a mess. And all Douglas Lima's got to do is keep this fight on the feet and just keep doing what you've been doing. You're going to you're going to walk away with this win. And Rory shoots a long ass double leg, take him down, gets him down, and Douglas puts him in guard and stays in guard the entire round and loses the fight. And you yeah. go, what were you thinking? All you had to do was get back to your feet. And it was, I, I, you know, obviously he's tired. And so, you know, I'm not the one that's in there, you know, feeling what he's feeling. But these are the moments that you cannot settle. And we've seen yeah. it too many times that he'll settle in these times like, eh, I'll get back to my feet eventually and then I'll, I'll get my win. You're not, you can't, you can't settle for those because you might not get that opportunity. And, um, he, he, in my opinion, he let this fight with course because Korshkov, I mean, excuse me, Amazov fought smart, but he didn't fight great. You know, he didn't fight great yeah. at all. And this, John, this is the one for a guy at 25 and 0. This was a fight he could have lost easily if someone had put some pressure back on him and done some things. Yeah, here's the thing, though, John. I'm not going to say that he didn't fight great. He didn't have to fight great. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the difference between that. Like he wasn't he wasn't ever put in a position where he had to fight hard. Like he touched Lima and then he shot in on the takedown. And once he's li- once he lifted the leg, it was over. Like as soon as he lifted the leg, he worked his way from the single leg to the to the body, body lock, lock. Yep. to the elevation, the lift, and pulled him into the middle of the in the in the middle of the cage, and he did the rest of the work from there. Now I am a little disappointed. That he didn't try to go for more of a finish. He didn't try to pass guard. He didn't try to do any of that stuff. But then again, Lima never opened his guard, yeah. you know, but he he could have tried to make him potentially open the guard and by posturing up and doing more damage to him. But I look at it the other way. I look at it. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a victim blamer, I guess. <laughs> like this guy, he didn't have to do anything. No. Like He didn't have to do anything because he's, he's like, look. If I'm going to keep, I'm just doing this, I'm going to win a title. I'm yeah. going to win a world title. Yeah. Let me, from the first time, the first Ukrainian in any major big promotion to ever win a world title. He's like, why would I take a chance? Yeah. This is the easiest t- fight. I This is this was potentially the easiest fight that he's had. I wouldn't say the easiest one in Bellator, but it was close. It was up there. You're talking about a guy who just went five rounds with, with Gager Musasi, a guy like the... He, a guy who just beat Rory McDonald and won the whole tournament, knocked out Michael Venom Page. Like this, Yaroslav Amosov came in and made it look easy. Yeah. He didn't have, he, sure, he could have probably went for the finish, but I'm telling everyone at home going, oh man, he's so boring. Guess what? If that was you in there and your one chance was to win the title and all you had to do is just keep doing what you're doing, you guys all would have taken the same exact road. We've seen other fighters do it. I mean, Khabib's made his career off of doing it. Now, I will say there is a difference, though. Khabib does posture up a lot more, do a lot more ground and pound. You know, um, he, he there is a lot more communication, so it makes it more fun to watch it all. You know, in terms of, okay, you must surrender. This time. is my destiny. Yeah, he's talking <laughs> the entire time. I understand all of that. You guys know I'm a homer for Khabib because he's my boy. But, but Khabib's made a career off of doing exactly what Amazon did. Exactly. You know, and there was a lot of pressure as the Khabib got closer to a title shot, and he wasn't as 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 exciting in some fights as he was in some of the other ones. Give this guy a break. He's twenty six and zero. He's got the best record in MMA right now. And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, but he's fought." You know, nobody's no, no. He actually has fought some tough guys. It wasn't the guys that that say Lima's fought, but he just dismantled Lima. 
And he just, and Lima has beaten some of the best guys. Like I said, just went the distance with um, Yegar Musasi, who's 185 pounds, who has been a title a title holder at 185, in at everything. 205, in every damn weight class. Like, it's it's one of those things that, look, you can't discredit this guy. And I, like I said, and here's the other thing as well. I'm going to get, this will be the, like the last thing I'll say, is that all the guys he trains with at ATT, they're all undefeated. Austin Vanderford, Dalton Rasta, and Johnny Eblen. The total record and combined record of all of them with with Amosov is forty nine and zero. They're all out of American Top Team, but the only difference is he's the one hundred and seventy pound uh, fighter, and they're all one eighty five pounders. And they all say the same thing: he's fucking really, really good. Like he's like he he's taking us down. He's dominating certain positions in certain days. Like he's he's the one hundred seventy five pound. He's the one hundred seventy pounder. He's not the one eighty five pounder. All three of those guys are one eighty fivers. So when I when I talk about him being good, he's good. You can't judge him based off this, given the fact that this is his opportunity to win a world title, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. I agree. Because it's, it's fucking working. Even though it was If I blame anybody, boring. if I blame anyone, I blame Douglas Lima. I agree. I agree. All right. To end with that one, let's go to the UFC because they did have some really good fights tonight. But first. But first. You need to go to mybookie.ag. Go, hit baby. Hit that promo code. Wayne in. Okay. Hit the promo code Wayne. Hopefully, some of you guys took up uh, took up some of our uh, what's it called our suggestions, and you placed some bets. You would have won some money tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hey, so, I picked yeah, Brandon Marino. Go to, to, to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in, and uh, they'll give you a little extra spending cash. You got some more fights coming up this weekend. You got uh, some other stuff coming on too. So we'll do we'll, we'll do some more stuff on the mybookie thing on. The midweek show, you guys can get some bets in for next week. But hey, let's jump into the UFC. UFC had a good card tonight. Um, let me see. Where do you want to start here? Chase Hooper. I want to start with Chase Hooper. <laughs> All right. Him and Steven Peterson. Yeah, and this is this is my whole p- point with Chase Hooper. I really like that kid. But yeah. he's taking a lot of damage for a young kid. Yeah, he's he's pretty one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Give him time, man. Let him get away from uh, fighting guys in the UFC right now, and get him some more experience and some more skills and some more tools in the toolbox, so he doesn't end up a mess at an early age. I just, I, I just look at him. The kid seems like a great kid. He's got a ton of talent, but he has no real power in his stand up. He's not dangerous in any fashion in the stand up. He's dangerous on the ground, and if someone can keep him from being able to take them down, they just beat him up. So, you know, Sean Shelby, Mick, you guys are great guys. Give him some time. Tell him, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna push you to the side. I want you to go train some more, and train in the stand up and start getting better there because there's no reason to get the kid a bunch of losses. He's young, man. He's 21, you know, but. I just look at it, and uh, I was uh, I was actually tweeting with Chris Brennan, you know, because his son's twenty one, yeah. Chase Hooper's yeah. twenty one. You know what? His son would beat Chase Hooper. You know, and so there's no reason for him to be fighting some of the guys right now that he's fighting. You know, give him some time. Give, let him get some skills. I just look at it that way. I I look at it here. I look at the same as you. I do. Um, but where I look at it differently is that with Chase Hooper, 
and if we're going to compare him to Lucas Brennan, is the difference is that Lucas Brennan looks like he's filled out muscular-wise, whereas Chase Hooper has not. Yeah. He needs to spend time. He, he hasn't matured. Time, not he's, work. he's not a man yet. No, no. But he needs to spend time working on his strength conditioning because there's no strength. I know he's got he's got great technique. Yes. But he doesn't have the physical strength to hit a lot of that technique because he's fighting men. And he is not quite, I guess, I don't believe he's hit that. He hasn't hit that man-level strength. You can tell by just looking at his body. Yep. He doesn't have it right now. I don't even think he's done growing, to be honest. No. I think he's going to probably grow a little bit more from here. He just doesn't have that body that looks like he's done growing as a high school kid or a college kid. He looks he like looks, he's going to he hit looks another like, phase. He looks like a junior high kid. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But, I mean, and so I think I think he needs to spend some time in the gym working on his strength conditioning, getting stronger, feeling better. like, And then that will come along with the more of his stand-up training. During that time, you should be working those two things simultaneously. You know, and your jiu-jitsu, is, his jiu-jitsu is good. Really good. It's really good. Yeah. He just needs to, like I said, I think the strength will help with a lot of that. He doesn't have the strength. The physical strength is just not there. You know, and then obviously the the more these other these other guys are stronger than you and the more you've got to fight hard and the more shots you take, the more tired you get. So then you're less likely to get a submission. And that's really what it comes down to. You can't fight for those positions that you think you can get a finish in because you've taken so many shots. Yep. Oh, excuse me. What are you doing? Yeah, Why are you long- tired? Oh, man. I didn't go to sleep last <laughs> no, night. I know, you, I know you slept in the car. <laughs> I didn't sleep in the car. <laughs> oh, man. A whole lot of sleep. Um. Yeah, That. that's my That's my knock on it. But, uh. You know, I mean, look, he's young. I know he's got a lot of room in there to grow, but I, like I agree with you on the whole situation. Whereas if it's uh, Sean Shelby and and McMahon, or they've they've got to maybe tell him like, hey, we got to give you at least you know six to eight months off. Yeah. You got to go in, hit the gym a little bit, you know, get some strength, get some uh, work on your stand up, start putting it together a little bit better. We love where you're at. Yep. We just would like you to be a little bit better because right now you're dealing with men and you're still you're still not fully mature. But I thought the kid that stole the whole show tonight, just me personally, was uh, Terrence McKinney. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you come out and you hit a seven-second knockout, and it was one-two. Boom, boom. In your yeah. debut. And I, I hate to say, you know, Matt uh, Frivola, he's he's a tough dude. He, yeah. the, guy, the guy's a gamer, man. And so he just got hit with that one where your, your chin gets snapped down, straight shot down the middle, and he was done. That was a, It was a... Just a when you talk about coming out and putting on a performance in basically what ten days is what, how, how much time he had for the fight he just he just fought in the LFA two weeks yeah. ago yeah it could so, it could have been faster had the ref got in there quicker and then he blew his knee if that's yeah. what he did I don't know what he did but it's we'll like I, I hope not I oh, hope so I hope he didn't do it he might have, looks like he might have tore it like a little bit of a meniscus or something because he jumped up and slammed down. Yeah, I mean, but overall, though, I mean, like, it's, I think it's great for debuts like that to come in. It's like, oh, shit, look. Yeah. And he just starts somebody. I think what they say, like, his last, like, couple fights, they've all been, like, in the first round or in yep. the first couple minutes of the of the, of the the first round. So he's obviously got the talent. He's very accurate with the strikes. He's got the power. Um, I, I, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest, because, I mean, I'm just going to be 100% honest. I don't, I don't really follow a whole lot of what the LFA does. I, I think they're a great organization, and they're a great organization for young fighters to get into. Um, I just don't know. I don't follow them as much, you know. Um, but yeah, they are. He he had a great performance. Great way to enter the in, enter into the UFC. And congratulations, young man. Well, I want you to think. Look at his his last five fights. 
I think uh, 117, excuse me, he had a, six, a 50 sec, 57 seconds of the first round, a 16 seconds, a 17 the, seconds. He, he lost, though, in the 57 seconds. He this. lost by a triangle choke. Oh, is that the one he got triangle choke? That's right. Yeah, okay. So his next four, what, 50, 16 seconds, 17 seconds, minute 12, and then seven seconds. So he's yeah. not putting a whole lot of time in. He's actually getting paid very well for the amount of time he's putting in. So good job. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing, young man. That's just, uh, just you know, be make careful sure you of stay jumping in shape. off of don't, things. Yeah, don't don't fall in love with your power. Remember to always make sure you do your cardio. Um, but you know the I don't even know how to say this guy's name is. Evlov. 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 Um. Evlov. He he had Dowdu's number the whole night. Boy, his wrestling. There was he was. We watched him multiple times. His wrestling is. Good. He's got good stand-up, but his wrestling, dude, he moves on the ground. You know, at one point, Hakeem had the ability to look like he was going to get himself out and turn the position. Mm-hmm. Did a beautiful job. All of a sudden, you see his hip come out. Boom! All of a sudden, right back to having the back. He's slick. He's good. Yep. Reminds me a little bit of the of the Dagestani guys. Yeah, we have it. Ak. Yeah. All those guys. You got the Islam. You got the you got two Islams. You got Abu Bakr. You've got you know all the other ones that they bring in. You know, they bring in a crew of young talents. You know, Umar, Usman, Usman, and Umar. Or Usman is there right now with Abu Bakr and Islam. So, but yeah, they um yeah he I thought he fought a great fight. You know his stand up is in these little bit of work, but it's still it's still pretty damn good. Still good. He's not you can tell he's not as comfortable in the stand up. But his top position and his wrestling is oof, it's good. Dowdy just didn't have a number for him. He looked like he was gaining some steam at the beginning of the third. Touched him up a couple times. Yeah. Looked like he rocked uh I don't know how to say his name. Avioff. Looked like he rocked him Evioff or whatever. Looked like he rocked him a little bit. Yeah, man. I'm just horrible with names. <laughs> horrible with math. Horrible with numbers. It's all right. Mohaknakina. Mohaknakina, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said it right the whole damn time. I just couldn't say it right during the damn interview. <laughs> But a great performance by him. And then Lauren Murphy with the win. Yeah. John. Yep. John. Talk to me. You didn't Did she, she win 30-27? No. No. Negative. John. I, I mean, I, I want her to win. Okay. I want her to win because I thought she's been around for she's been around for a while. She's, yeah. She's been fighting for that title shot position. I think a lot of people I don't thought- think she... I think a lot of people thought Joanna Joanna won uh, 29-28. I thought Calderwood won 29-28 as well. It was close. I thought she did. It was. I, I, I look at you know the rounds and stuff, and there was a couple you're looking at. She definitely won the second round as far as Lauren mm-hmm. won the second round, no doubt about it. The first round, there was moments that Lauren was doing good. There was moments that JoJo was doing good. Third yeah. round, same thing to a point. So I can see where it you know, ends up a judge depending upon what you're – where you're seeing the angle of the shots from and what you're giving. It's just one of those that, you know, Yeah, um, you could have said JoJo jo- jo won the first and third, but. Yeah, I had JoJo winning the first and third, but I thought the first round was close. I could see how it went to maybe Murphy. Yeah, but close. The third, the third round I gave to call JoJo jo. for sure. Yeah, same yeah, here. For sure. I did too. So, um, Anders and Stewart. Eh, it was a. It wasn't the fight that we were hoping. Considering what happened last fight, we were thinking they would be kind of like a uh, a repeat of just them coming in, throwing down shit happening. But it didn't it didn't pan out that way. But it was it was a decent fight. But the fight of the night from beginning to end oh. 
was Riddle and Drew Dober, Dober and Brad Riddle. Man, they were going what at a it. Fucking fight. They were Jeez, going man. at it. That, it was just, I mean, and both of them at times hurt each other. Brad Riddle in the beginning, you know, Drew, Drew Dober hurt him. You could see it. But man, smart. You know, it's again, it's not that you have to get the takedown. It's here's a guy in Brad Riddle who is a striker. This guy, he's a good striker, but smart enough when he gets hurt, close the distance. You don't have to get the takedown. You just have to keep your opponent from being able to hurt you, damage you more, keep the effects of you being hurt on you. Just give yourself some time by holding on to their body, pressing them against the cage, whatever it is, so you can clear out the cobwebs and then come back and yourself back into the fight man uh, just really smart fighting by brad riddle that's what we talk about that's a that's fight iq you know he was very smart and he didn't set his feet and start slinging leather at drew he, that would have probably ended badly for him and uh he had his moments and then he started putting it on drew dober at times and drew, drew takes a shot man yeah he got he got an iron chin too man because he took some big shots in that fight man kept walking forward he was hurt at the end of the round on the one he got stung and he you know like yeah it was good and you watch him kind of wobbles he's going back to his corners he felt that one you know but that was a hell of a fight just a great yeah. back and forth i loved i loved every minute of that fight i tuned i, I was getting ready to leave like because i was gonna go watch the the pay-per-view over at a friend's house i was like oh i'll just watch this in the car and i'm so glad i decided just to sit in the house and just watch that fight because after after i watched two minutes of the first round i was like Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I just sat down on my seat. I was like, nah, I'm going to sit right here and watch this fight. But it was a fantastic fight. We got a lot of flack over not talking about this fight being a good fight. Because remember last week, uh, we talked about just the Murphy fight and Calderwood fight in terms of like one or two fights out of the prelims we were going to talk about for the lead up. Yeah. But I was like, look, we were talking about more of the fight that has the most repercussions That's, for it. That like, was the whole reason for it. Yeah. Laura Murphy, she there's the, the chance of a title shot was on the line. Yep. You know, I don't know if she secured one now because of that, but but yeah, the Drew Dober fight and uh, Riddle fight was obviously a gr amazing fight. Fire everything about it. That's exactly how you want your young talents to fight. You want them to come out there, lay it on the line. Uh, Riddle just he was in that first round. Do Dober was a lot faster. It seemed like he was touching him and able to. It was a one step ahead, just slightly though. That's all it took. Then he rocked him. What about two minutes in, two and a half minutes in. And then he was able to, like you said, survive the onslaught. With like 40 seconds left, he rocked Dober. And that whole last 40 seconds was him just touching Dober. Yeah. And Dober walked back, you said, all on stilts. Second round, great fight. <clears throat> Third round looked like uh, Riddle just started finding the mark, you know, as Do distance. Dober started to slow down. He started down. to understand the distance better, and he was landing his shots where Dober was yeah. having a hard time to land his. Well, he looked like he was getting tired. It looked like Dober was getting tired. He was throwing a lot of heat, a lot of hard, a lot of hard shots. Both of those guys, I was like, man, I can't imagine fighting guys that throw like that. Like they they were on point and they were throwing everything with heat. I was like, God, ugh. Like, I tell you, like people ask me, like, I'm I'm sorry, man. I go to a, I can't go to a fucking Bellator or a UFC or or any fucking fighting event without someone say, Josh, get back in there. Like, you're out of your day. Every time I see Patricio and Patricky, man, you got to just have fight one more time. Fuck no. Have you guys walk past and hear you guys getting hit? I have no desire. You guys are animals. Fucking savages. All of them. These two guys tonight, they made sure that I had never want to go back. <laughs> they made it. 
just like listening, like seeing their hair and their head shake the way, like in their, it just was like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. No, thanks. Feel really no good offense, sitting man. on the outside here. Yeah. Like I already aged myself when I told everyone that I was supposed to fight Lucas Brennan's dad. He's fucking 21 years old. I'll let you guys know how long. I've been okay. You want to, or here, here's the true story. I was, I was, well, I would uh, hope so. I don't want you to tell me a lie. Go okay, ahead. Tell okay. me your truth. Well, well, sometimes <laughs> you tell a lie. It's a great story. <laughs> you know, I met Chris when he first came to the Gracie Academy. That's the only time that I could ever beat him was when he first came. Because <laughs> yeah, he came in, uh, he had a, you know, a friend named Jeremy Williams. He became a great fighter. Uh, rest his soul, he passed. But, uh, you know, that that was back in like 92 when Chris first went to the Gracie Academy. He said, I'm going to be a fighter. And sure as hell. That's crazy, good right? These young guys, it's crazy. Uh, Paul Craig had a dominant performance tonight. Looked mm. fabulous, but let's talk about the great refereeing in that situation. I thought it was wonderful that the ref allowed his arm to get dislocated and, and then allowed him to take flop around like and, a, and let it flop around while he got hit and elbow strike to the head 10, 15 times. I don't know. I thought it was a wonderful job. But, John, I feel like these athletic commissions in whatever fucking state they decided to do a show in they'll they always want to insert their their people yep instead of top yep. referees in situations like this now please go ahead preach preach my brother preach. <laughs> tell me what you think i think you said it all okay, here, here's the problem all right uh the referee involved al guiney he's a great guy super nice guy all right and, and I have nothing bad to say about him. But it's exactly what you're saying. Because let's take a look at the referees they had for the show here. They had Jason Herzog. They have Herb Dean. They have Mike Beltran. They have Mark Goddard. And they have Al Guiney. So which one is the one that's kind of out of place in this group? Well, it's Al. You know, he's the guy that had, doesn't have a lot of big-time experience. He's done some you know, fights. In, he's done them in Bellator. He's done a couple of UFCs. This is where athletic commissions, when you got to look, you know, there's, there's been athletic, you know, Andy Foster, who is in California, used to sit there and he used to, you know, when I, when I was working, he would say, he goes, he goes, I just, you know, he says, if I have a big fight, I put John McCarthy in. And he says, that way no one can say anything about me. He goes, if John McCarthy screws up, he goes, I didn't screw up. John McCarthy screwed up. He goes, there's no one better than I could put in that position. So the press can't get on me for putting someone that I should have put somebody else or something like that. And that does take, and that's what Herb does or Mark Goddard does or Jason Herzog or Mike Beltran. That's what they do for the athletic commission. When you take a look and you have four guys sitting there that you could have in that spot, but no, I wanted to take my guy. And this is what happens is they take and they say, well, look, this, you know, our, our guy has worked all the small events. We want to give them something. And I understand you want to give them something. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're wrong because it's not about your guy. It's about the fighters. And this has happened in the past. You know, when Ronda Rousey fought Misha Tate, go back and watch the fight because when Ronda ends up getting a hold of Misha's arm, Misha tries to fight her way out of that arm bar and Rhonda not only takes and you know she subligates the arm by bending it backwards it's dislocated you can see it, and the referee at the time just lets it go 
Well, when you dislocate an arm, a lot of people say, well, if the fighter wants to continue, they should be able to continue. No, they should not be able to continue because you have things that are happening inside of that arm that can end up actually even costing the fighter their life. Because if one of the major arteries in that arm gets twisted or cut or a bone scrapes it and it starts to have a leak, they could bleed to death. So there comes a point in fighting. This is a sporting event. Fighting is, we do this in the UFC, if it's in Bellator, in the PFL, wherever, it's sport. And there comes a point where you get checkmated. And when your arm gets dislocated, like we saw with Jamal Hill and Paul Craig, it's over. You lost. You got checkmated. And when we have an official that is standing inside of that cage as close as anyone can be, and they don't see that dislocation, or they see it and allow the fight to continue, then we have someone that shouldn't be doing that job. Somebody else should have been doing it. And that's really what we have here is, you know, you, you cannot tell me that you didn't have somebody else there that was better prepared to handle that situation. And if you had somebody that was better prepared to handle that situation and you put the other person in there, then shame on you. It's your fault. You're not doing your job in protecting the fighters. It's just the way it is. You're supposed to be there to do things for the betterment of the sport and the betterment of the fighters. So what do you do though, in those situations with, with the refs that are trying to get top talent, refereeing jobs okay but all right here's you've got you've got to you've got to give them a chance an opportunity in these situations i want you in these situations i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna ask you a question because this is what people don't understand about refereeing and the difference of oh you could just put anybody in any of these spots and this is some of the athletic commissions don't get it is josh when you first started fighting okay your first fights when you walked out how nervous were you I didn't know what I was getting myself into, so I'm not very nervous. Okay. <laughs> but so, no, I know what you mean. All right. So when you yes. first fought, we'll say Hermes Franca in the UFC. Yeah. Kind of nervous? Yeah, I was pretty nervous. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty fucking nervous. So as you were standing there getting ready and they're announcing you, what do you think your heart rate was at about? Oh, probably at least 120. Okay. That, and and, and that's because you're going to fight, and that's normal and that's understandable. And so when you were later on in your career – and you were going to fight, so you were fighting, you know what, we'll say Gil Melendez for the third time in a trilogy, which is, and for a world title, what was your heart rate? Yeah, probably like, I don't know, I'd say probably like, uh, probably about 100. Yeah, Maybe S- somewhere Maybe between less. 80, 80 to 100? Yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and why? The experience. Yeah, it's the experience and yeah. understanding the situation you're going to be in and saying, ah, I've been there, done that, I'm not worried about this. What people don't understand is when you get into these bigger fights and you get into world title fights and and they look at the referee, the referee's standing there like, you know, they're all, you know, in (laughs) command where a lot of them, trust me, their heart rate as they're standing there looking, you know, they're not doing anything. Their heart rate's up around 120, 130, 140. They're shitting themselves. Yes. Fucking right there. They are absolutely fucking (laughs) at that edge of, man. You're starting to panic because there's pressure. Pressure, you know, affects everybody. And so that pressure of, 
I don't want to make a mistake. I'm, I, you know, let, let me, you know, let, just let this thing go for a while. And it's all this pressure that as the fight goes on, it can dwindle out and they'll become fine. But if things happen right away in that fight, they don't make good decisions because their heart rate is up and they tend to wait or not make a good decision based upon that high heart rate because we don't make as good a decision once our heart rate gets to a certain point. And this is what happens with fighters. You know, I, I would tell athletic commissions all the time, I said, look, you, you, you want to put your guy into this position. And I'm just telling you, look, I train this guy. He's a good guy. And he's not ready for this fight. I'll go and tell them that I'm the reason that he's not going to get the fight if you want. And, and I, I'm not going to get the fight. It's going to go to so-and-so. But so-and-so is ready for that fight. They've put in the time. They've been in this situation before. And your guy's heart rate's going to be at about 140, while this guy's heart rate's going to be at about 75. That's the guy that you want in there. You know, and I would, and I, you know, I can tell you the, the highest my heart rate would get with heart rate would be, you know, when I did like Conor McGregor against Eddie Alvarez in, you know, Madison Square Garden. I want, that was a bucket list for me as far as, you know, Madison Square Garden. My heart rate was probably about 80. Okay. And I, cause I was excited about being in Madison Square Garden looking around and stuff, but that's just because I'm, I'm not worried about making the mistake. I'm not worried about anything. And so I'm calm. So I'll usually I'll, I'll make the better decision. And, they just, some of them don't get it. They don't understand that pressure and that just because someone does one fight, doing another fight, it's completely different. And and it's all self-induced pressure, but that pressure usually makes you either not make a decision or make a bad one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it really just comes down to more time in the in the cage. And that's what I was talking yeah. about, though. I want to know, what do you do? Do you go just give them the earlier fights in the prelims? Yes. And then see how they performed in that? But, I mean, if honestly, if you're talking about a main card fight for him, the Paul Craig fight and Hill fight would have been the perfect fight to give him if, it, if you were insistent on having him on on the main card. Okay, so. You sure the fuck weren't going to give him the Damian Maya and Bilal Muhammad fight? Maybe, but not Leon and Diaz. And not Moreno and Figueredo, and definitely not Izzy and Vittori. So you're not giving them those top four fights, those top three fights. So why for are sure. you why are you putting them on a main card fight? Because look, I, let, I let's, let's be honest. Wait, okay, out of all those guys that are sitting there doing the fights, two of them did championship fights. Those guys will make a little bit more money, but Algaini, Herzog, and Herb Dean all make the same. No matter how many fights they did, if Herb did four right. fights that night. And Jason did too. They get the same pay and the same with Al. It's like, you're not getting, you don't get more money. So as long as you're part of, it's, it's all about being part of, you don't have to put the person in that position where now all of a sudden they're on the pay-per-view and people are watching and the pressure starts to build. Don't yeah. put your guy in that spot. There's reasons it's why you're bringing in those other guys. Decision. Yep. Yeah, but the UFC doesn't have any say, right? They can't put their own. They can't say like, "Hey, we don't want him in there," or they do, but they just they, they don't have to listen to them. No, the UFC will normally in that situation, like they'll say, "Okay, he gets he's going to do the 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 first. They they would have said something if he was doing, like you say, the champion, the like Leon Nader, Edwards, yeah. the Brandon Moreno versus you know, Figueroa or the Israel. Yeah. They would have said something, but they're okay. He's going to do that just the first final. Okay. When yeah. in reality, they're going, I would rather you put one of these guys. Of course. But 
that's a shit situation to be in because I mean, if they ever do go back or wherever, they're not going to use him anymore. You know, or he'll be part of it, but they'll be like, yeah, now nah, let's keep him off the main card. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you think of the Bilal Muhammad and Damian Maya decision? No, the decision was right as far as I mean, Bilal what? Muhammad won the fight. You know, be, Damian Maya, I love, but his, yeah, you know, be getting a guy into a single leg up against against the cage and then not being able to finish it. Yeah, there wasn't much more that he was able to do in the fight. He he took the bigger shots overall. If you were looking at you know uh, the striking, it's Bilal fought the exact fight he needed to fight to get a win against Damian mm-hmm. Maya. You know, keep it from going to the ground. Use your wrestling to keep it on the feet. And as he gets more tired, start to up the pace a little bit in the stand up and light him up a little bit more. And that's really what happened. Yeah. Um, Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. Oh, man, I love the way it finished, but I, I got to tell you, I was a little bit, you know, I, 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 I thought Leon would win. I said he's much faster. and It's just, it's just not a good fight for Nate. Something, I, I said, Leon's got to make big mistakes for Nate to win. That was my opinion on it. But I was a little bit, uh, Leon needed to do more. To yeah. me, he, he hung back way too much at times when, he had the ability to step on the gas and put more pressure on Nate and land more shots. He didn't do that. He was very cautious throughout the entire fight, and uh, you know he picked you know picked his spots. But this, in my opinion, this is the kind of fight you know, man, this is going to set you up for that next thing. Now, you know maybe he'll get that title shot off of this, but if he would have stopped Nate. There's no doubt he would have gotten that title yeah. shot, and you get you got to step on the gas at times and say I'm I'm going to finish this guy, and Nate's a hard guy to finish. I'm not saying you know it, it would have been done, but it, you would have seen him at least trying to get that finish. Where it looked to me, it's like I'm just going to sit here and piece him up, and I'm going to get a, a judge's decision, and I'll be happy with that. That's okay, you can do that, but it's not what people want to see. And what happened in the last minute of that is what can happen. You can win. Every one of those, you know, rounds, which he won the four rounds going up to it, and he won four minutes of the fifth round. And then he got freaking smacked by a left hand that almost put him out. At first, you know, when, when Nate hit him and he's pointing at him, I'm like, don't point at him. Go, go, go. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he, you know, Nate could have won that fight right then, you know. And so I always look, don't, don't, don't try to, you know, carry the fight to the end. So the judges can give you the win, make the win, you know, make it happen. Yeah. That's a little bit of what we were talking about with Amosov. Yeah. Like Nate, uh, Leon, there was no reason to take chances. He didn't need to because he was dominating every position of that fight from the wrestling to the grappling to the, to the striking. He was way faster than him. But the other thing is, well, is you don't want to keep those fighters in those moments though. That's the problem. You know, like, like with Amosov, I was saying, you don't want to keep Douglas Lima around in that area. Yeah. But once you get him to the ground, there's less less likeliness of him knocking you out or finishing you because he's on the ground. He just accepted the position. But on the feet, though, with him, with with uh, Nate, is not like don't get me wrong. He, like I've said, like he doesn't pack a big punch, but he comes with you in punches and bunches. And he but throws he hit him with the, he, he he hit him with the the Stockton slap, and then he hit him with the straight left. Yeah. And he was like, yo, he's fucking big pimping right at that moment. And that's really like, it sent him all, 
sent Leon off on, you know, on stilts a little bit, got wobbled. He just had to keep putting the pressure, but instead he was pointing. He kind of was waiting. I think he thought Leon maybe wasn't as hurt as he led on to be. I don't know. Nate just didn't seem like there was that sense of urgency. Like, let me get him out of there. He had moments. He got clinched. He had more moments. He got clinched. And it was like, ah, it was close though. It was close. I mean, he could have. I think I think if he had another like 30, 40 seconds, he might have potentially got him out of there. Might have. But I mean, overall, what we had talked about last week. Sorry, guys. Uh, what we had talked about last week, I know, is Leon, the, it was the speed. Yeah. You know, but what I didn't get, though, was that Leon, take a page out of Mazadal's book. Take a page out of how guys have fought Nate's brothers, because brother because that's how they fight the same. Go back and take a look at how GSP and Carlos kind of beat him. That's how you got to fight those guys. But and, why? And, and he, didn't, he didn't do it. Why when you like, are hitting that front leg with a beautiful kick and it's yeah. hurting him, you can see it folding his leg over. Why are you not going back to that more often? Yeah. I mean, you were damaging that leg. And, and everyone knows Nate puts a lot of weight on that front foot. And so every time he takes that step, wow, hit that thing. Why were you not going back to doing those things since you were so much faster? And, and for the most part, Nate was missing a ton of shots. You know, everything was falling short. You know, it just seemed to me the the desire to finish him in the fight wasn't there. It was the desire to get a win in the fight. Yeah. And he did. I mean, he did some. He did some things that were impressive. That you know, that little leg sweep that he was doing. He did that was twice. beautiful. That was nice. Yeah. Beautiful timing on it. I thought when he got on top, he did some good work on the top as well from yeah. the, from the takedowns. Um, Landed some good I elbows inside. You know. Yeah. What I don't understand is when Nate le- always leans to the same side. He doesn't lean to the outside. He always leans to the same side. And why people don't go to the body and the head more with the kick. They throw the combination, make him lean, and come up with the kick. I don't. Well, there was a guy named Josh Thompson that did yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm trying not to talk about me because I know everyone's, <laughs> you know, I know everyone's already probably waiting for me to say shit. But I just I don't understand. He leans that way every he single does. time. Yeah. That's his habit. It's just it's a form of habit that he does. And but people don't. I mean, I Mazadal caught on to it. That's how he got. That's how he kicked him in the head, and cut him. You know, and so like that's that's the thing. Like he leans that way a lot, and just let like throw the combination when he leans, throw the kick, because usually the the hands are just covering the face or the head. And if he doesn't get him up fast enough, it could be lights out. If he does get him up fast enough, you think his hands are gonna stop that fucking kick? No, and that's why I don't I don't get why people don't they don't go back and take a look at the fights that they've lost and see what their tendencies are sometimes, and then like watch them and then and use those tendencies yeah. to beat them. So I don't know, but uh, overall. Nate's kind of like, and I almost said this about Mazadal too, but Nate, Mazadal, I would even say maybe Connor. You know, there's a couple guys that all suck in a little bit of that tweener age. They're not big enough for 170, and they're too big for 155. It's, yeah. it's a shit show to be in. Rogan was talking about that tonight. Like, we should have weight classes every 10 pounds. You know that they already exist, and I know I'm going to keep beating a dead horse with a stick. But I think we should only have, I think we should only add that one, though. 65 and 75 should be the only two. That's yeah. it. Done. I don't think we should add anything above 85. He was Rogan was talking about 85 to 205. That's a big 20-pound difference. I get it. There's just not enough talent to go around. It's already thin across both organizations, all three organizations. There's not a ton of talent in those in those weight classes. Yeah. And so why water him down even more? And if you try to add another weight class between 205 and 
in the heavyweight division. Yeah, you guys are insane. If you go to one ninety five, you do like one ninety five or two or two fifteen. You guys are crazy. There's just no there's there's lack of heavyweights now, you know. And so it's just it's hard. Anyways, um, overall Leon looked good. Was it enough to earn a title shot? I doubt it. I think he'll get one, but it'll probably be Colby first, and then he'll get the winner of Colby and Usman. I don't. Th- I don't think they're going to give him one right away. No, he may Col- have to fight. Col- Col- might- Colby's going to get that fight before Leon Edwards does, yeah. unless my, Col- my personal- unless Colby does something in negotiations where he's, you know, he's done the whole thing with money before in the yeah. past. And so if he if he becomes difficult, here comes Leon. I'm sorry, but if you if he if Leon didn't get the title shot, I want to see him fight Masvidal. But that's the fight. That's How the fight long have I been saying that's the fight I want to see? Yeah. It's, yeah, you got a great backstory with it too. Yep, the backstory is there. Off of that till win, come on. Yeah, I mean, because realistically, the sad part is those. And now, if you haven't fight Masvidal, you've got Stephen Thompson. If he beats Gilbert Burns, does, does Gilbert Burns or Stephen Thompson leapfrog Leon Edwards? Like he shouldn't, but he just beat Gilbert Burns. But he could. I mean, he could exactly. It makes it really come. I mean, they've they've got enough people on one seventy to make this shit interesting. Yeah. You know, but if you could have Leon fight the what Leon's gonna fight, I think Stephen Thompson fights what next week or the weekend after. He fights pretty soon. It's two weeks against Burns, I believe. Anyways, those guys when they fight, you could have Stephen and and Leon fight, or you could have you could just have Leon fight and you have Stephen just wait around for the title shot. You know, Leon is I don't know Stephen's thirty seven, I believe, so he's got to get a rush on it. <laughs> um, all right, well let's talk about the main event. No, let's talk oh, about no, the I missed, main I missed event. It. I missed it. I missed it. Main main event. Sorry. Mr. Brandon uh, Marino. Man, he yeah. put on a performance. He looked like a fucking stud from the moment he walked to the cage. He looked like a stud. I remember when he that was, kid went at the, he was at the in the Ultimate Fighter. Remember when they did the Ultimate Fighter at 125 pounds? And they took all these guys that had championships and all these smaller organizations. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Knight. Right? Yeah. Wasn't he the one that won it? No. Tim Elliott. No. Tim Elliott. There Tim you Elliott. Go. And so whoever won it was going to get a, a fight against Demetrius. Yep. And so, uh, but, you know, Tim Elliott was one, and they had uh, Yori was, uh, you know, Shabanov. I can't think of his name, but they had all these guys, and they had some really good ones. They had some, some really quality guys. And they, they, it was Sean Shelby at the time, and I think Joe uh, Silva had ranked them from one to 16. And I believe it was uh, Pantoa. Pantoa? How do I say it? Alexander Pantoja. He's still with the UFC. Pantoja. Pantoja. I think yeah, he, he was lost last week. I think he was number one. I think Yori was number two. It might have been opposite, but I think, as I recall, I think Brandon was right at the bottom. I'm not sure he was 16, but he was right at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. And so he he got matched up against Pantoja and he lost his first fight. But the one thing you could see, he was tough. And I said, you know, and then they they ended up, you know, they, they actually let him go and then brought him back and. Uh, Man, he has turned himself into just one hell of a fighter. He is fun to watch. Put on a hell of a performance. He he had he had Figueredo in trouble as far as you know. He was just the output he was having problems with the positioning he was having problems with, um, just everything. You know, he just put on a fantastic performance against a, a guy that really was a, you know. A pretty dominant champion. I know he had the the draw with uh, Brandon, but Figueroa put you know two times what on Joe. You know, 
put Joe to sleep on the last one and stuff. He's a stud. Right? It will look great. Yeah. Congratulations on becoming champion, man. I mean, he he's beat Kai Car France. He's beat uh, Formiga. He's beat Brandon Royval. Then he had the draw, and then he just choked out Figueredo. He had beat Perez all before all of that. I mean, he's had some tough, tough fights. The kid's a savage, man. He is. And then also to to be to basically be released and then come back and become champion. Yep. And the way he became champion, remember when he when he took the first fight for the draw, he took it on what ten days or twelve days notice, something like that. It was a real short notice fight. Yeah, it was fast to fight Figueroa because yep. he had fought. He had fought. He had uh, just fought Brandon Royval. Yeah, yeah, he just fought Brandon Royval, and then a couple of, what ten days later, I believe it was. Was it ten days? Nine days. Anyways, it was something like that. Yeah, December December twelfth to December twenty first. Don't even bother me with the math. Okay? Did so you say December twelfth to December twenty first? Oh, November. Sorry, November twenty first to December twelfth. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I was, well, I was thinking like ten days later. Still, it's not much time. Yeah. No, it wasn't much time. So three weeks later. Okay, three weeks. Yeah. Still comes in, has a draw with the champion, comes back, and then just has plenty of time to work on what he needs to work on. He's somebody. Look, this is when you fight somebody. It's different than what you thought. So when you get an automatic chance like this to do the rematch, and you figure you're going to make those adjustments, he made every damn adjustment you needed. He needed to make. Yeah. Like you could tell, right when Figueroa went for the guillotine, didn't get it. He jumped over, got to the top position. It was it was impressive, man. He did so many good things. When he did, when he lost the position, Figueroa thought he was going to just walk away and like turn and face and fight him again. No. He ran up onto his back, ran around up on his back and jumped, put his hooks in, got to the back, took him down. I was like, this is insane. This kid is not wasting one moment of this fight. He's taking every opportunity, every chance to get on top or to dominate the position. That's a sav, man. What a fucking little savage. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff by him. And it's Um, it's good for the UFC. Let's be honest. The first, you know, champion from Mexico. He's from Tijuana. You know, mm-hmm. since you you live in California, we all know what Tijuana is. A yes. Fantastic city. TJ. <laughs> TJ <yeah. laughs> exactly. But, you know, that's that's a great thing. And congratulations to him. He deserves it. And he's a good person. Yeah. Like, when I was 18, I went to Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> so did everyone. <laughs> uh, like, like, but let me ask you a question. Nothing. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Do either one of these guys, Figueredo or Brandon Moreno, do they do they beat DJ? Do they beat DJ? Nah, yeah. You know, the DJ of now, I would say. Is that fair to say, though? Yeah. The DJ of now, is that fair to say? Because the DJ of now. You can only fight the DJ of now. Yeah, but the DJ of now, though, the reason why he lost, because he lost a different rule set. Yeah, a different, the different rule the set, different size. Different rule sets, no, different, different size, size yeah, different size, everything. But if you if you're gonna Does that look, change I, that I don't even look. Well, see, I don't even look at DJ. DJ's in a different organization, so yeah, I, guess I look I at Henry do Cejudo. Do does either one beat Henry Cejudo? No, I don't think so. If Henry came back and and fought at 125, you know, obviously he was the champion at 125 and 135. But if he came back at 125, Henry Cejudo beats either one. Well, so then you would say that maybe DJ then would potentially beat him as well because DJ and Henry had such close fights. Well, the one, the one fight. Well, one, one DJ won and the other one. Yeah. So who Henry won. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, I don't want to get into it too much. All <laughs> right. So good fight by Brandon Moreno. Congratulations, my man. Dominant performance. 
Great transitions. Get to the back. Get the fit. Very nicely done, man. Very nice. Izzy and Marvin Vittori. What'd you think? Vittori fell into the 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 Douglas Lima. He fell into that. He fell into the Douglas Lima. He did. He just well, I mean, like not laying on his back, but he just he got into a rhythm of nothing, of doing nothing. He was punch, punch, shoot, hang out on the leg until I got elbowed on the head, and come up to the clinch. It was a routine. It was it was the same routine over and over that wasn't working. There was never an adjustment. You could tell his coaches in his corner were fucking pleading with him. I need more output. You need to knock him out. You need to finish him. I really think when you're saying that, and you're absolutely right, but I really think in his head he thought he was winning. I I think I know. I think you know when when he came back. After the first round, and I thought, you didn't win that one. It was close, but you didn't win that. And his coach, you know, Rafael Cordero tells him, you didn't win that round. You could tell he got upset. Like, yes, I did. And then he came back after the second round, which he clearly didn't win. And, you know, Hoffie's telling him again, hey, you know, you need to do these things. You, you, You lost that round. And you could see again, he was like, upset that his coach was telling him because he was i honestly think he felt like i'm winning with what i'm doing when he wasn't there wasn't a second and <laughs> there wasn't a second after the first round where he won anything yeah there wasn't i don't i don't think there was one moment in it from rounds two to five that he won not one yeah. Even when he got the takedowns, they were like not fully solidified. Like one of them was for a little bit, but then Izzy popped right he, back he had up. The, after he had about... the he he when he got his body got into to half guard and he had his body towards the cage. Mm-hmm. It was where I thought he was going to be able to do his best work. And he and he was, you know, he's working, but he's it's not in the first a... round or in the, the first round or in the, or in the fourth. No, and Izzy what... like just bench pressed him off. Yeah, and flung him off. Exactly. And got on top. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like. Man, you know, I th- I think you think you're winning because of that. That's that's almost that's a draw right there, dude. Yeah, you took him down yeah. and he he flung you off. It's there's nothing that happened, and you're losing the stand up. You know, you're you're just getting touched consistently throughout these rounds. But yeah, I thought Izzy looked. Look, when when fighters come off of losses, they sometimes don't look the same. Yeah, he fucking looked good. Yeah, his move was on point. He was accurate. He was composed. Every time he lost a takedown, he was like, "Cool, I'll be down here for a second. Let me get my breath. I'll yep. be up." Okay, and that's exactly what he did. He looked. He looked like a champion. Yep. Okay, he looked like a champion. That was very impressive. I mean, what he did tonight to Marvin Vittori was like, it was. That's a lot. It's, it says a lot about his character. It says a lot about who he is as a champion. It was very impressive. Yeah. And um, I mean, like I said, I, I don't. Whitaker obviously will be next. I mean, because Whitaker was offered this one. From what I recall, um, but then there was just not enough time, so yeah. then they gave it to Vittori. But Whitaker's got his hands full as well. This is why I kind of want to see maybe Izzy go back up to two hundred five, you know. But I want to see him spend time there, maybe spend time put keeping the weight on or putting the weight on properly, and then staying there. I mean, Jan's not going to be there long. I mean, he's thirty six or something like that now, right? Jan's thirty six, thirty seven years old, I yeah. believe. So I, I don't, I can't imagine him being there that long. It's a good opportunity for him to go up there and fight. Yeah, what is he? Oh, he's 38. Shit. Damn. 38. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got that Polish power. Got Polish power. <laughs> uh, 
It's got the Polish. But the, you know, the one thing about if you go and you watch Izzy and like Izzy's stand up is really good, but yeah. he, he still does things at times. He squares himself off all the time. He becomes square to his opponent because he knows he's good and he knows that you know he can move and stuff. But one of these times, it's going to mm-hmm. catch him. It's going to catch him ask, when he's squaring ask, off on someone. Ask Anderson Silva. Yeah, that's what like in that he does all that little dipping of the head, yep. hands down, yep. head up against the fence, squared off. You know that shit. That know, shit works against people like fucking Stephen Bonner. That shit don't work against people that can <laughs> pop. You do that shit with Whitaker, you do it with someone that can pop. Well, that's what I'm talking about with Izzy. You know, if he, yeah. you know, Whitaker's got fast hands you know, and yeah. he's got power. And if you, you know, if he, if he pulls off some of the same stuff and he's just taking a chance, I'm not saying that I think Whitaker is the favorite in the fight. He's not, you know, but sometimes with some of the stuff that Izzy does, because he's so confident in his standup. He puts himself in positions where if a guy catches him in that position, he can get hurt. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. Overall, though, I think the the fight cards were very good. So all, all three fight cards was, were good. They had they had some fights that were good, some and you know some fights that weren't. You know, um, I feel bad because you know I shouldn't say I feel bad. Look, Bellator, I want I expected more out of the two main fights, and I'm upset <laughs> that it didn't deliver, but. It is what it is, and we're on to the next one. So this is the story of the fight, the fight stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, we got a little bit of the Marvin Vittori fight with Izzy tonight that was kind of like that a little bit. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just – it didn't live up to the potential that we thought it was going to live up to. Um, the same thing with um, – like for me, up until the last moment, the Leon Edwards and, and Nate fight didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. I was hoping for a little bit more. But I mean, it was oh, it got very excited in that fifth round. Oh, last that doesn't, minute was that doesn't good. talk about yeah, that doesn't talk about the whole fight. But that got very excited in the last round. Look, I, I like, I like Nate Diaz a lot. Love Nate, and I I want to I want to continue to see him fight. But who does he fight next, John? You know, it's a it's a hard go. I don't know because I honestly believe if Connor loses, he fights Connor. That's I think insane. I think honestly, even if even if Connor wins, he should fight Connor. <laughs> what? Yes, because Connor is not going to fight Charles Oliveira. I'm sorry, he is not going to fight him. Don't think so, huh? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't even know if Dana wants to give him the title because he fucking may not fight. And if he does fight, like who the fuck is he going to fight then? Like that's the thing. Like I mean, who is he going to have him fight? I know there's guys that are in that bracket for him to fight, but it's like, you think you think Connor's like, yeah, those guys motivate me. Connor's been someone who's been a name chaser. He wants to fight the guys that motivate him, and that's what brings out the best performance in him, you know. And, and that's what he does. Like, I don't think he's gonna want to fight Charles Oliveira. Just my personal opinion, you know. So I don't, I don't even know. Then if that's the case, Dana's like, well, I don't want, I don't, also probably don't want you to fight for my title because then what am I gonna do with you after you win it, or if you do win it? Or if you lose, does he win and it? The other thing, I don't. I don't know. Charles Charles looks like a fucking dog right now. He looks like a right savage. Now he's looking really good. You know, and so on the feet, I think he's got a chance. I think he. I think he's got a chance of winning on the feet. But if that shit goes to the ground, that shit's over quick. Charles Oliveira, if he takes him down, that shit's over quick. He beats. He beats Connor quickly, on the ground. I don't get. I don't give. I don't. I don't know if Connor gets out of the first round with submissions. If he hits the ground, which I think he'll get him down. I think Charles will get him down. 
But does Charlie does Charles even have to get him down? That's the thing. He's been looking great on the feet. Very solid. You very know? very tight. So. Very slick. Uh, I don't yeah, know. You, you say who's going to fight Nate? And there's so you know, at what what weight class is he going to be? You know, is he going to be 170? You know, if was, you're saying Connor, that's 155 right now. No, they fought. Both their fights were at 170. I know they were in the past, but where's Connor right now? He's at 155. Yeah. Not minor details. <laughs> I'm glad you think that's it's true. Detail. I'm just being honest. Uh, it's minor details. I mean, he puts the weight on pretty quickly from what I see. He's still young. It's not like it's it's not like he needs time to put the weight back on. And Nate's Nate's not a big 170 pounder, so let's not get that twisted either. No. Nate's, you know, he's not physically strong. So if you give give Nate a, give Connor a little bit of time for that trilogy fight, I, I give it say six months. What Nate hasn't fought in two fucking years. So, okay, let's let's be honest here. Nate's only got one win in the last four or five years. One. Yeah, he beat Whatever. Anthony Pettis, uh, and I still pay for that. I still pay for his pay per view. Fucking like I okay, said, man. You I want to know? Him fight. Honest to God, you know who I would love to see fight Nate? Hmm. And they're different weight classes, but I think it would be just fucking awesome. Max Holloway. Yeah, they don't even like they're they're two weight classes. That's the problem. Well, Max has gone up to one fifty five before. Nate's yeah, fought Nate one fifty five for a lot of. He's his not career. going back down. I don't blame him. Pretty, I don't blame him for not. He's going He's already down. made it kind of clear he doesn't want to go back down to fifty five. But that would be no. that would be a fun fight. It would be. Both Max guys are faster. awesome. Oh, Max, Max is faster. Yep. I think Max. I think Max probably possesses a little more power, but I don't know with the weight with the weight. You know, I'm only I'm only going based off of what when I fought Nate the the power he possessed at fifty five. Yeah. So, but Max he seems to crack one hell of a punch, that Hawaiian punch style. So, good shit. I but mean, then, I don't know. Then man. again, I, I like just, to watch I'm, Max fight anybody. I love him. Yeah, that's true as well. I I, I think with with Nate, I think it's got to be Connor next. I think if he if it, that would just make sense. It would make sense. You no, know, it really if Connor it, loses. It really makes sense if Connor loses. If Connor, he wins, Connor, Connor loses. Yeah, it kind of still makes sense though if Connor it wins. It doesn't. Well, here's the thing. John, because he's I at he's at one fifty five. Well, okay. And if I don't give a shit what it's at. I want to see the damn fight, John. That's okay. all I'm sticking to it. Doesn't matter about what you want. <laughs> uh, look, UFC doesn't care if it's for a fucking title. They just no. fucking want to see a fight. No, they care that's about it. money. I don't blame them. Yeah, that's it. That's all they want. The money. Which ones are gonna make the bucks? Anyways. I don't All know. right, man. Well, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna let's let's see, John, uh, Dave. Let's get into whatever. Give us one or two headlines on the news, and we're gonna wrap this thing up. This thing's going on for two and a half hours. Damn it! Time is it? fucking one in the morning here. Twelve twelve forty. It's Holy four in the Christ. morning for you guys. All right. Yeah, so news news came out that um the Mayweather Logan Paul fight uh, did at least a million. Which will only tell you that yes, there will be something else coming again. Then. <laughs> Well, we had heard that they had done two two or two four. They always put up, which is not true, obviously, which is, wasn't true. So we apologize if we gave you that information. I think we said that, that we heard they broke two, but no, they didn't break two. So they did at least a million. Okay, they did a million, which is which is kind of a big deal in this day and age when it comes to pay per views. Um, you know, but whatever, we'll see what happens, and we'll see which one's going to fight again. I mean, Mayweather said there. He said there in the in the in the ring that he's like, "Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. But this is my last fight." So 
I mean, you know, like you said, he made that logo. You guys, if you guys give Dave post, post this picture here in the middle, that logo on his shorts, $30 million. Yep. Like he said, he did an interview saying like, I made $30 million before, before I even stepped in that ring. (laughs) That's because that, that right there was already made that those shorts were. So he made $30 million before he even stepped in the ring. They're saying he made up. They're saying he made over a hundred million for the fight. I don't. I don't think he's going to make a hundred million. That would. I would depend on the pay per views. And if it was at one million, he's going to make a hundred million. But he still yeah, make well, good money. Yeah, regard. Even if you a lot more money in, in one night than I'll make in my entire career. Yeah, that's a that's and true. add your very career true. on top of that too with me. Yeah, yeah, and probably <laughs> podcast tapes and podcast. Oh, tapes. I have Com- combined. Combined. Yeah, combined. That's exactly it. Um, you know, but, but I'm sure this isn't the last we're going to see of Logan. Because oh, Logan no. and Jake, I think, are both signed with the uh, Showtime dude. L- Logan, you're going to see Logan and Jake again. There, what, what, yeah. I think what, I saw that Jake was now calling out Nate Diaz. I'm like, can that, can yeah. that dude call out anybody that's within 20-some pounds of what he weighs? Jesus Christ, why, man. Hey, why, why isn't he calling out Nick? <laughs> Nick's at least closer in weight. Gosh, man. Anyways. There's two brothers, right? I hope. I wonder if he knows the difference between the two of them. I don't know. Poodle-haired kid. All right, give us another <laughs> one there, Dave. Uh, last thing is um, Diego Sanchez uh, basically hinting that he's gonna come back for a boxing match. He did a he, d- he did a tweet basically talking about like um, it's probably on here actually. Yeah, I, I built my name. I built my skill set. I built my legacy. I will not finish my career in the confidence I built in myself. Not a coach, not a team, but blessings from God. Hashtag boxing. Well, I hope not. John. I hope not. I ho- Let's just be honest. Yeah, John and I. I hope not. Diego has never been a boxer his entire career. I know he, he did he used to train with De La Hoya a little bit and stuff like that, but uh, he's not a boxer. He's an MMA fighter. And if, he, if he's thinking about going to like bare knuckle boxing, I don't want to see it, you know? It's uh, it's not, it's yeah. not your skill set. So, I hope. Yeah, not. I have no desire. I have no desire. And look, that doesn't mean I have anything against Diego. Sanchez. Oh, I love Actually, Diego. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Diego Sanchez. But I don't want to see. I don't want to continue to see retired fighters hold on to this long for this long, and just start being a shadow of what they were. Yep. You know, I don't. I don't have the desire to watch that. You know, and that's uh. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. You know, people that you've seen come up with over the years, and you you know you fought on the same cards, or you've you know people you fought have fought them, and you've got a relationship. You know, in terms of you know communication and just whatever it is. I have no desire to see that man. I hope he doesn't fight it. I hope he doesn't fight again. Just my personal opinion. Same here. I would not honestly. I probably would not mind watching him fight one more time in the USC as like at UFC as like a fairway. Uh, I would have been. Fight. I would have been fine if him and Cowboy fought. Yeah, would have been great. Yep. And it's not, yep, lo- not it. it's not loser goes home. Both of you, this is the end. Yeah. You know, have that's a great it. fight. I would, I'd be okay. I'd be I'll okay pay, with that. I'll pay money to even watch it, so you guys get something. Yeah. But. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Is that everything, Dave? Yep. All right, buddy. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still. We've got a special limited edition shirt for you guys, our Independence Day shirt, which is only going to be up until Independence Day. It's a 4th of July Independence Day shirt for you guys. Comes in all different colors. Check it out. It's at ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still. 
Okay, and you guys will get a little bit of a hookup on that discount there, 20% off. John, what else you got? Only thing I got to say is it's been a great week. I got to drive hundreds, <laughs> if not thousands of miles in the last couple of days. I got thousands spend, if it's over 12 hours. I did. I did get to thousand. spend time with you. That was good. And we got to do this podcast after watching some good fights. So it's been good. Last thing I got to say to everyone is. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about that for a second. I want to make sure that everyone understands. Okay. You and I are friends. Every time we travel, you bring your wife one time, and guess what? I don't see John the whole trip. I got yelled I'm really at. Really upset the at you. I got yelled at. I was getting yelled at. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible that a small woman can cause me the problems. <laughs> God. We used to be like this, John. Dude, we, are. we used to be like I this. I'm, I'm leaving her home. <laughs> oh man uh, he's like yeah i'll leave her home next show i started laughing i was like no she travels with us all the time but just not during the covid time so it's been like over a year yeah. where she hasn't traveled with us and it's just been, it's always like i was like this is how it is uh this is how it is john is it. just leave me just like leave that i see how hanging. it is yep that man. was me i'm a horrible friend i apologize uh, no <laughs> it's all right i'll see you next show okay that's exactly what that's what, exactly what we're gonna say no. so to everyone out there thanks for listening and we will See ya.